Absolute Geek Podcast. It's Thursday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Sidekick Kyle. And you can tell that it's clearly... 97 degrees in Phoenix. In Phoenix, because we got the AC running again. I apologize for the humming in the background, but it is hot as shit, and it is only, what, the 16th of March? The last time it was this hot in Phoenix was like 2007. Yeah. And it was hotter. It was 99 degrees, not 97. Two degrees. Makes all the difference. Hey, it's spring. It's spring in Phoenix. It shouldn't be spring yet because I feel like we didn't have an adequate winter. We never have an adequate winter. We had like winter. two months. We had like, not even two months, like two weeks where it was like under 70 degrees where it was like 50 where it was like really cold where you're like, it's man, always like that, it's though. cold. And now here we are again, almost breaking 100 degrees. That's the way, that's the way we roll here you in know, Phoenix. People are like, oh, well, turn your air conditioning on. Like That's what I said my, to you. Yeah, my shift has changed. So I'm getting up at 4 a.m. now. And the last week, well, since Monday, last night was the first night I slept well. I mean, it's probably because I'm fucking exhausted. No. I took some melatonin and passed the fuck out, but it was it was cool. I turned a fan on and everything. It was cool when I went to bed last Why night. Why don't you turn your air to like 85? Yeah. Just enough to break. Well, because the house is itself is like 82. Then set it to 81. But So it'll just set it to 82, then it'll click off and click on as needed, and it won't be very often, but it'll just, it'll just be enough to break the... It's been It's just been muggy, and I just can't, can't sleep, like a toss and turn. And then finally when it gets like... Around midnight, 1 a.m., where it's like 60 degrees and it's nice and comfortable, that's when I fall asleep. And then that's when, next thing I know, my alarm goes off and I'm fucking dragging ass. My house is 68 degrees. Yeah, I wish I had a swamp cooler. I have to get my AC looked at, too, before the the summer. Yeah, they only, uh, well, swamp coolers work only for a few months. So by, by, well, at this rate, by May, I'll have my air conditioner on. Yeah. But they work kick-ass right now. But... It doesn't make my bill go up. That's enough about my fucking problems. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I'm gonna. I'm a little tired. I'm, I'm gonna, ready for this week to end. Yeah, I'm gonna try and. I, I took a nap, so I should be able to make it through without falling asleep. I'm ready for fake news Friday. Fake news. Yeah. Well, we haven't announced that yet. So, we've done. We've talked and. <laughs> no, no. Let's just leave it as. Let's leave it in limbo. Leave it in the moment. We'll just leave it in limbo. <laughs> All right. Well. Okay. That's good enough. <laughs> All right. That works for me. Fake so news in Friday. case we don't do it, then, yeah, then, then, then we, we don't make any promises. Right. <laughs> that's <laughs> the way we roll. It's mm. about, uh, that's about the way it rolls. I mean, mm. it's not that I don't want to do another show. It's just that sometimes on Friday after work, I'm like, I don't feel like doing this. It's been a long week. but I don't mind. I'll do it. Now that my schedule has changed, though, and I'm getting off earlier, I'm, I'm you sure You're going to take I'll, a nap yeah. so you don't have to hear Matt doing this. <laughs> He's mimicking my face hitting the microphone. That's Matt's uh, <laughs> forehead hitting the microphone when I'm doing comic <laughs> reviews. <laughs> uh, That's funny. But otherwise, it's been okay week. Getting excited for Iron Fist tomorrow <sighs> on Netflix. After the reviews and stuff, I'm a little nervous. Yeah. I'm not even going to binge watch it. I'll probably watch a couple episodes Saturday. And if it doesn't hold my interest, I'm just not even going to bother with it. See, I don't know. They're saying that it's a, it's a series that the fans will enjoy, but it wasn't made for the critics to enjoy. So, that means it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that means. Who knows what's going to uh, what's going to come of it, but I'll check at least an episode or two out, and if I like it, I'll keep going. If I don't, I'll bon voyage it. I'm just hoping it, 
I'm just hoping it's not slow. I'm tired of slow Netflix shows. I think it's going to be slow. You know what they should do? They should make like five kick-ass episodes instead well, of instead of ten slow ones. I thought that they should have just had him instead of having Luke Cage have his own season or series. It should have been Luke Cage and Power Man, or not Luke Cage and Power Man, but Power Man Five Thousand, <laughs> Iron Fist and Power Man. You know that would have made more sense to me. But who am I? I'm just some shitty dude behind a microphone in Phoenix. Sweating buckets of ball sweat. With the air conditioner on already. The air conditioner on already. Already jumping up that power bill. It's only for a couple months. Yeah, like six. No. Fucking Phoenix, yeah. Phoenix only does two months where the electric bills are really high because they do crazy uh, rate hikes. Yeah. Like right now they're not on a rate hike, so your your bill, it'll go up, but it's not going to be crazy up. Nah, it's stupid. Whatever. Fuck this place. You're stupid. This place is <laughs> Why do be- people live here? This is the best place on the planet to You're live. a fucking liar now. You're goddamn liar. I was born here, and I'm going to fucking die my days here. Yeah, well, I can tell you from someone who was born not from here, Phoenix sucks. And if you're thinking about moving here, you should probably think again. You should just do it. Because if you can't make it here, then you're fucking, then you're not trying. November through March, February, beautiful. Live here. March (laughs) through October, October, (laughs) fuck off. (laughs) Don't come here. Fuck that, man. Yeah. Dude, you don't even leave your house. What are you talking about? I, uh, dude, because yeah, it's so hot. It's not that bad. You walk out and you're instant sauna, like, instantly sweating. You have to baby powder your balls because it's so moist. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, <laughs> it's like a fucking swamp down there. I don't know. I like it here. Uh, mm. Like, I bitch because it's hot or whatever, but I, I, I like it here. Let me tell you. I couldn't see myself living anywhere else in this country. People are like, oh, it's a dry heat. No, shut up. Because I can tell you, after 110, you feel every fucking degree. <laughs> every degree. What? And people are like, well, what's the best way to describe the heat in Arizona? Stick Turn your, your oven, oven to 350 <laughs> and fucking open the door. Uh, there you go. Stick your head right in there. Just turn the microwave yeah. on. <laughs> oh, turn your oven on to 350 and open the door. Describe it. Go outside and fucking describe it your fucking damn self. <laughs> right. And the, the truth is you can fry an egg on the sidewalk. Fuck yeah, you can. You can't walk to the to the end of the driveway to get your newspaper. Not that anyone gets newspapers anymore. <laughs> the trick is, Barefoot. what you do is, is you got to start like now. You yeah. got to build your feet up to it. You can't have fucking pansy feet walking <laughs> yeah. out there in July. You got to you got to have them calloused man feet. You do. <laughs> like when I was a kid, man, I'd run around all the time without shoes on. Yeah. You just, but you just got used to it. You, you know, you just you'd walk in the road, you'd cross the street, you'd stand outside and talk, and you built your feet up. And by the time it was really hot outside, and the and the sidewalks are buckling, because <laughs> they do buckle all the time here when it gets hot. Yeah. Then you're you're you got it down. You just fucking walk like normal. You don't even fucking feel it. <laughs> this is my foot callus, Benny. He's, he's been working through three inches <laughs> thicker than it normally is. But he's been <laughs> building through about four Phoenix summers. <laughs> Oh, this shit's funny. Anyways. But I was talking to Joe last night, and he brought up... I thought it was a pretty fucking good question. Oh, I can't wait for this. It was, and he really wanted me to let you know, because he doesn't really care what I have to say about anything. (laughs) He's, uh... What he he asked me was, he said, Since Rebirth, what do you prefer better, Batman or Detective? That's a hard question. And that's exactly what that's I said. That's a super hard question. And I I answered him. I, I have the best... Well, I answered it to the best that I could, but I wanted... 
Joe and I, more Joe than me, wanted to know what... It was a two-part question, but yeah. But what did you think? I mean, now that we're as many issues into Detective and Batman... Which so one it's a two-part question? There's another part to okay. it. Um, well, first of all, good question. Real good question. We good need job, Joe. we need more viewer questions like this. Come on, guys, step up your fucking game. Well, because he wants to, he wanted to know which one to get into first, and that that was rigid, that was the intent of his question. What, I'll be interested to see if you went along the same route, but I'm gonna say since Rebirth, I am enjoying Batman more than Detective, mm-hmm. and here's why. I think the first the start of Batman, Tom King, it was a little rough. He had a little, it was a little rough getting his footing. We were making fun of it, you know, making fun of the where he was hiding these fucking bat discs mm-hmm. and, and basically okay corralling airplanes and, and shit like that. But since he's kind of, it seems like ever since Vision ended, he's kind of found his groove and his footing with Batman and he's done a really good job and I, I've enjoyed how poetic everything is and. And I, I really like the way the stories have flowed. Um, he, I, honestly, we were doing Batman today, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's been a long time since I think I can say that this was, like, I'm just not like this was a solid ba- issue of Batman. I, I had my I had my, my fears when Snyder left mm-hmm. Batman. But I think King was a good replacement and he's doing good. Now, like, it, it's weird because... It switched because I was like Scott Snyder is the pinnacle Batman writer, and now like I I just unsubscribed to All Star because I don't like what he's doing with All Star. I I don't. I bailed on it like after I, what issue two. I don't find All Star interesting. I love Scott Snyder. He's one of my favorite writers, but I just don't like All Star Batman. I just there's something about it, and uh, I kind of find that at times, even though Detective the story is good, I find at times that it stumbles over itself, and it's Batman kind of stumbles over the supporting cast of characters because let's, let's be honest detectives really just batman and batwoman and everyone else is kind of in in the background mm-hmm. and ever since they you know removed tim drake from the the multiverse and now it, it just seems like he's kind of forgot about like they hinted about him and where he was and they bring him up once in a while right and, they- and, and it's like they're like okay they look at the numbers and they're like, our, our subscriptions are going down. We need to do something shocking. So they reference him again. And then you'll go another 20, or no, I shouldn't say 20 because there's not, not that many issues, but few. You go another like five or 10 issues and not a fucking word about it. And I, I think Batman has been, it's been consistent with that. Like, we've gotten, I, I honestly think that this Bane, I am Bane story arc from the beginning to now has been phenomenal. It's right up there with like death of the family mm-hmm. or end game. They took an obscure character, kind of a, a secondary character in Bane and made him relevant. Yeah. Like Tom King has made this character relevant again. <clears throat> and I would like to see him do that with like the penguin or with calendar man or, you know, some of these other obscure villains. I, I would, would like, like to see I would him like scarecrow to like scarecrow. I would like, like I would like a, an insane crazy fucking death race fucking train going can't stop locomotive fucking busting through you know what I mean cars badass crazy scarecrow story 
and I, and I kind of like that. That's what I like about this Batman run so much in, in Rebirth is it's kind of like they they released the cop the reins a little bit on King to let him do what he wants to mm-hmm. do. As to where Snyder Snyder's run on a New Fifty Two Batman is legendary. It'll always be legendary. It'll always be one of the best runs on a Batman. But he was kind of handcuffed. You had the the Court of Owls, you know. So he created the Court of Owls, mm-hmm. and then it was Joker, Riddler, Joker. Yep. You know, it wasn't like, and then Bloom, which was another create, you know, character he created. So he, which got, he had a real stumbling with Bloom. <clears throat> yeah. He he had an amazing start with the Court of Owls, mm-hmm. and I believe that was his own created char- created villains too. Yeah. So he got an amazing start. He kicked it off with his own villain, and then he went into the Joker, and then st- you know had you know um, year or zero year yep. with the Riddler, did a nice Riddler story, and then kind of st- you know Joker again, and then stumbled in into Bloom. And there was times where Bloom was good, but there was times where it fell flat, and yeah. that's. I, I don't think it was until those Bloom runs where I was like, this is a, new, a bad issue of Batman. What's going on, Scott Snyder? Like, there were those two issues where we were, like, back-to-back, where, like, these are bad. Yeah. But I think that, to get back to on topic here, um, I, I prefer Batman over Detective. I feel like Batman has a lot going for it. It moves along. They bring in Robin, and they bring in Damien, and Dick, and Jason, when they need to or and Duke even Duke like when they need to mm-hmm. but they give you enough to realize okay these guys are off doing their own thing and they don't need to be by Bruce's side you know Damien's got the Teen Titans you got Jason with the Outlaws Duke is kind of still in training with Alfred so they all have a purpose and a place Dick Grayson's off being a dad and doing his own thing you know or impregnating women and <laughs> shit like that but he it doesn't need it you know, when they bring so far in Batman, when they bring these supported characters in like Catwoman, it's been an amazing story. Yeah. A very poetic story. And I just feel like, you know, you have this big set cast of supporting characters in um, Detective and they don't mesh and they stumble over each other. You're finally getting um, Orphan kind of in the forefront with the story they've got going on now. Mm-hmm. But like, what was that monster year shit? And they're still referencing it now. Like, why, why does Batman need to fight kaijus? Like, right. it, it just doesn't fit. It didn't fit in the scheme of things. None of that Monster Man stuff. Even how, I remember it crossed through Nightwing. It crossed through. Yeah. It didn't. I, they, they tried something, and I think they realized maybe it didn't work. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's. And I hope they, they. It's slowly fading into oblivion, and I hope that it's stays there once it's there and I hope it never has to be brought up again but you're kind of getting but I think the thing with the detective is the League of Shadows people are getting confused by that because in in Arrow I think they're called the League of Shadows but it's Ra's al Ghul's yeah Ra's al Ghul's clan so if you're like a hardcore fan of Arrow you're like shit you know like you're confused a little bit I find and even time I'm scratching my head, I'm like, what, what, so she's leading them now? Or yeah. what the fuck's going on here? But it's League of Assassins. Yeah. So, um, I just, I just feel like Batman is the stronger, the stronger book right now. Cause I find that detective has stumbling blocks and they kind of revert back. And, and it's like, they took away Tim Drake 
to make Batman feel a loss that that didn't pay off, and now they have Batwing in there for some reason to kind of take his place. And it really feels like they were just like, well, we have no plans for Tim Drake. We don't know what to do with him. We don't know how to write him, so we're well, gonna we get don't rid of kill him. him. Yeah, we don't want to kill him because then we'll have to figure out how to bring him back. So we're just gonna remove him, and it, it's not referenced like it, it's subtly referenced in like Batman and all these other books where like they'll Everybody's talk about sad. him. Yeah, they'll mention him, but it didn't seem to have a real effect on anything. Like you know, this is supposed to be Batman's son. When Damien died for that short time, they did. Like, issues of Batman just going through Gotham for days, just beating the living hell out of people because of it. You know, yeah. he wasn't sleeping. He was just beating the hell out of people. And it's like, oh, Tim's gone? Okay, let's move on, you know? I'm a little bummed, but okay. Yeah. And you kind of you kind of get that X-Men vibe with Clayface where he wants to be a human, so they're making a watch to turn him into a human. You kind of get that, like, Nightcrawler vibe yeah. and that Mystique vibe from that. <clears throat> or they just want to be human and return back they just to just want to look itself. like everybody else. Yeah. Not necessarily human. And I, I kind of feel like Detective doesn't know where to go with the story. It's it's very... It's a Batman book that's more, f- I feel like, forefront focused on Batwoman. So it, it's kind of confusing, like, to me. Like, they gave Batman her or Batwoman her own book that's focusing on, like, her origins right now and her, her beginnings. But then you also got Detective, which is more... Batwoman focused. It's not. I don't feel like it's a Batman driven book. I feel it's more. He's just kind of there to be like, this is how we're going to do it, my way or the fucking highway, and I don't want to hear any of your lip. But it, like, it all centers around Batwoman. I think it's going to come back around. I think that's that's. I think that's how kind of Tinian writes, though. He kind of he kind of circles it back around, and and then there's and then it it will come back around. And then King was writing to, Vision, right? Or was that Tinian? Tom King was writing okay. Vision. I thought so. Yeah. I was like, well. Cause, and uh, I think that that's kind of what Tinian does cause from reading Batman Eternal, from reading Batman Robin Eternal, from reading and now reading Detective, it seems that's what he kind of does. He Like, he does something, and you're like, why is he doing this? And then he kind of, over time, it comes back around. And then yeah, you it's like walking why. around a track, and he, he finally comes back around to the beginning. But He's not going to, well, just... He, he he kind of circles around and, he, and he, as he's circling around he's explaining why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. And I and part of me is like I'm that's cool that I think he does that like it's a way for him to draw it out. Like you know what I mean he could have a, it makes it so I think that's his way of having a few things going on and that he and then he circles back around and, and then closes back in the gaps. And I think that's kind of what he does. And and it's easy for I think a lot of people to lose sight of what's going on because of making those loops. Yeah. And, and I think just from reading like Batman, Robin eternal and stuff, having to do those weekly issues that, that he makes those. Lo- and I think that's where, you know I mean? Cause there was times where you were like, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then it would circle back around and yeah. like, Oh, this is what's going on. And I think from reading his other stuff, I think that's why I had a different view of, Detective, do you know what I mean? Because what I told you, what I told Joe, was, I said at first it was by Detective by far. Remember, we were like Detective is where it's at. Yeah, Tinian is the fucking man. He's fucking nailing it. This is fucking great. And issue after issue, that's what we said. And we were like, oh, oh we're worried about Batman. He's having a hard time finding his footing. King is 
We're not sure. He's got big shoes to fill. Is he filling them? But now, after 19 or 20 issues of each that have gone by, because I think we're at issue 19 of Batman. No. I'm almost positive it's 19. Yes, you're right. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Detectives had about 19 issues because they were released about the same time. Yeah. Detective, I think, what actually came out first. I think, yeah, I think that's a safe, a safe bet. So after t- 19 issues of each, it's a hard question because there's things I like a lot about both. I like Tinian. Tinian is one of my favorite writers. But, and this is exactly what I, this is what I said to Joe was. Well, Tinian. I said by far, but Tom King is fucking killing it with Batman. And I said, I said, don't get me wrong. Detective is really good. Tinian's a great writer. But Batman is kicking ass, and we're Batman. And right now, it went from being super poetic, and even though it's super poetic, it reminds me of a, it's a it's a locomotive that's just going, and it's just barrel rolling through everything. And I like the pace that it's at. And you know, a little bit of spoiler of Batman nineteen is is it, it's cool because it sh- it was it was very Bane focused, and it was Bane just fucking fighting through everybody which was awesome was a number of issues ago it was Batman fighting through fucking everybody to get to Bane and now Bane is fighting through fucking everybody to get to Batman Mm -hmm. that's fucking dude that's and it's it's been like that and it's been it's been an awesome roller coaster ride with Batman where Detective is really good but I think what it is is, is Detective is really good but right now, Batman has such a bright light shining on it. Tom King is nailing it so well to us that the, the awesomeness that Detective is really good. It's just the light is so much brighter on Batman right now. And I think it took Tom King a long time to get out of or overcome being in Scott Snyder's shadow. And it kind of felt like because when when Rebirth Batman started, it was a very like blueprinted Batman story. It was a very paint by numbers Batman. And it was, it felt very reminiscent to Snyder's and, you know, it kind of felt like he was like, all right, well I had a not so successful run on Grayson. You know, I already have people telling me that my questioning my reasonings for writing Batman after my run on Grayson. But he has one of the, the best series of all last year was vision. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and that was him probably, that was him allowed to... He wasn't in anyone's shadow. He was allowed to have his own creative freedom. He was allowed to be his own person. And here you're coming off hardcore Batman fans. Yeah. You've got people that are in love with Scott Snyder, calling it the best Batman run ever. You know, one of the... Up there with... with it was. Jim Lee's Hush Run and, you know, um, all these other quintessential Batman runs. And it was a fantastic run. So you're coming off, people are screaming, no, 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 don't go, Scott, don't go. And then Tom King is getting pushed in there, and they're like, they didn't know Vision, don't know Marvel, maybe. All they know is Grayson, and they're like, well, you're writing this campy-ass series in Grayson. And it's and Batman did start out a little campy. Like, he was in that groove of, yeah. you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, he was, I think campy was kind of his comfort zone a little bit. And then I, I, don't, I don't know if he did a shot of whiskey or he fucking... Well, the beginning of the Batman run, it felt like he looked, he went, okay, and looked at all the new 52 Scott Snyder stuff. 
It was like, all right, this is how we're going to map this out. He blueprinted the, the, the way Batman should be. <clears throat> and that's what he went for. And it was at the end of the Gotham, I Am Gotham story arc, even the next couple issues, he, he kind of um, followed that same suit. It wasn't until the, the, uh, the Bane stuff where it was like, all right, I'm out of Scott Snyder's shadow now. The gloves are off. I'm going to write Batman the way I want to write Batman. And it's been poetic. It's been awesome. Like, it hasn't been over ne- like oversaturated. It, it, it's a book where I'm excited. It's been a quick read. You know, it's, it's an exciting book. So Fucking Nightwing was super wordy. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like, as, 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 though I agree with you, Tinian is a Scott Center protege. He's very much the same style of writer. I, I like Tinian a lot. I still think Tinian kills it on Batman. But I, I think it, Tom King stood up, flipped him off, and said, you know, hold my beer, watch what I'm about to do. Right. Because he literally just... He's he's stealing it right now, and, and Batman New or Batman Rebirth has been phenomenal, and I can't wait to see what they do with the Flash Batman crossover in Batman Twenty One and Flash Twenty One, where they find out next month the Rebirth stuff. Like, did you order? Are you gonna I did. get? Yeah, the 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 weird three D covers. But I just I think I mean so you you agree with me that Batman is killing it is better than Detective? Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a hard question to. It is, like I sat there and thought. About, I don't know how long it took me to write him back, but see, it didn't take me that long. Like as soon as you asked the question, it popped in my head. I was like, Batman, hands down, Batman. Um, yeah, I I wrote him back instantly. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's it's, it's kind of like the question I asked you last week with Paper Girls and Stranger Things. It's at some point the writing in these books are both so good, you're getting down to splitting hairs. Yeah. And, and I, that's really what Detective and Batman is. And I think that the only reason, not necessarily just the writing and the poetic writing speaks to the artist side of me, but I think the Monster Men, I think what it really comes down to is that the Monster Men story arc just fucking killed it for me. Because the Detective was going so strong, and they hit that Monster Men story arc, and completely like forgot about um, Jason, or not Jason Todd, but Tim Drake. And then... Poof, you know. <laughs> why don't and I don't, I don't know why they don't incorporate Babs and more stuff and like she should be in Detective yeah. over fucking Batwing, but I know they need that tech person and you know you can't. I don't know. It's it's hard to. It's hard to say, but I'm gonna go ahead and hands on Batman. And then overall, we're reading so many DC titles right now. What is your ultimate number one DC title then? Because there's a good ones. I mean, there's there's good ones. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of. That's an even tougher question. Because I mean, like DC's killing it right now with a lot of their a lot of their titles. Well, the titles that I read. I'm gonna tell you. It's kind of a toss up, and I'll probably have to like really think about it to distinguish them. But it's gonna be Batman, Teen Titans, and Super Sons. That's. See, I have I have Batman and Flash are like neck and neck for me right now. Like, I have a hard time because I'm I I have I'm on such a Flash kick right now. I thought you were saying you have a hard on. I, I have like, a hard I have a hard on for Barry, but uh, it's just I it, for me I think it would be like all those th- those three titles in there too. Like, 
Batman, Flash, Fla- and then Teen Titans is in there, and Super, Super Sons. Like, Super Sons 2 was probably my pick of the week. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was especially the ending. I mean, and we'll get to that <sighs> later, but it, that those are, you know what I mean? Like, and then Detective's in there, too. Like, I can't totally forget Detective. It's, but I would have to say Batman is probably number one. I, and Nightwing is fucking killing it right now too. Like, like even Tim Seeley has, has, he had a like. He had an all right start, and then he kind of flatlined a little bit, and then now it's it's like, he's introducing this new villain, which isn't really a new. It's it's, and he's and he's introducing these, a new scenario and you know, more real life problems. And it's, it's really picked the story up and he's really like these last like four issues of Nightwing. Have been, you know what I mean? They, they're, they're making up for the, all of the other ones that lacked so yeah. like Nightwing's up there right now. Like I would have to say, like you can see that, that all these DC writers have, they are finding their, they're finding their groove. They're, they're now, cutting their own road right now and I think it's really fucking cool and it's it's making it hard for me to really decide like a really I can't really give you a, a definite one two three four five I could like they're all right there well and I mean <clears throat> I feel bad because it was literally this time last year and it's so funny that we're talking about this again this time last year we were sitting here trashing rebirth we made an episode call our rebirth episode like we were trashing rebirth it's not a reboot and we have apologized licked booty hole massaged nut sacks because yeah and and it's not we have to take it back and it's not a re and like they're right though coming a year after it and reading all this it's not a reboot it's kind of a rewind and it's kind of like they took their peas and carrots and mashed them together because there's still some aspects of the new 52 world there um but it's kind of like they went pre New Fifty Two before Flashpoint. They kind of like they kind of went to the roots a little bit back to yeah. They kind of made Flashpoint. But Flashpoint a little was bit such of, an awesome story. I yeah, mean, it's like it's fucking. It's a really cool story. Like I I I really liked that it went into it, and I really liked that it went in. A lot of people don't like the New Fifty Two. Yeah, but a lot of people don't like fucking shit. You know what I mean. <clears throat> And I'm real. I'm actually really glad that they actually flashpoint to the new Fifty Two, to to convergence, to rebirth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, they. I think DC's presentation hurt rebirth, and their history hurt rebirth. But their yeah. final product was was way better than their presentation. Yeah, because we had front row for that uh, DC rebirth panel, and. I was sitting, we were sitting there and mocking. If they could actually hear us, they probably would have thrown us out <laughs> yeah. for mocking them. Yeah. I don't know how many times I gave shit a thumbs down. Bah! Yeah. You know what I mean? I, we we were like, pass, nope. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think if they've, yeah, I, I do, I do think they did not, they did not describe it right. They didn't, I think they went about it wrong. But now, a year later, I mean, it's easy to say that now, but... But now I kind of feel like also DC is falling into familiar traps. 
they're getting too big for their britches by trying to introduce more books. And now they're kind of reverting everything to where monthly titles are going to be three ninety nine again, and it's only biweekly titles are two ninety nine. And now they're making it so like you're only big, you know, your big Justice League members are the only ones that are biweekly now. I was hoping they were going to slow everything back down <laughs> to monthly. Biweekly is a lot of money. Yeah, I like. I think monthly gives you better like. You know what? I can't even say that because they're doing it bi-weekly and fucking everyone's killing it. Yeah. Like, you know, like my whole stance was monthly titles gives you more time to think, to process, to, to create better stories. But you know what? They're fucking. But a lot of these writers are also not writing on. They're not on anything else either. Yeah. Like there is no time, which I, I'm hoping that they're making the money difference to, to make up for it. Because most people are usually on a few titles. Yeah, because you got to freelance to get that money. That's where it becomes profitable. You know, you don't have... I mean, Greg Capullo didn't really have to do it because he was on one of the hottest books uh, in Batman, and now he's doing Reborn, and, you know, he's kind of like that, that hot name. He's I got mean, the but name. Is creator-owned where the money's at? I don't think it is. I, think it's, I don't think it is I either. think it's working on Batman. I think, it, I think it's very much like... use. It's a terrible comparison, but use Kevin Smith as a comparison. Is there... He makes all these movies, and then he stopped and went and made Red State to do Creator Own, to do that just pinnacle art passion project. I I don't think it is. I think the money is where you have the publisher pushing you. You have an already established title. You have established characters. It's less of a risk. Like, going Creator Own, you're taking a big risk because you don't know if these people are going to uh, connect with you or your characters. And I think if you're going to go Creator Own, you have to have a big name driving that. So Greg Capullo is a big name, but look who's writing. Yeah. <laughs> Reborn, you know, that's, a, that's a huge name too. Yeah. Look who is writing Batman. That's a huge name too. You know, I- anytime you've got Mark Millar or, um, who else? Snyder. Um, I Jeff know Lemire. Lemire. There's so many writers out there. I'm, I'm forgetting, you know, it, it's they they draw you know it's the name of the person that draws so yeah. people are like oh the new jeff lemire book let me check this out or you know who the, who's writing reason, tokyo go or tokyo ghost who fucking cares i can't remember who, who that shit's that. fucking garbage remender rick remender you know you got people like that that just who are writers that just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and Mark, you know millar has a very he's got a very good um, reputation for writing amazing stuff, but he also fucking writes stuff and then doesn't write it again too. Like, yeah, there's stuff he's written. I can't remember what book it was. I was listening to it on something else. He wrote one book. He wrote the first one. He was opted for a movie, and then he never fucking wrote issue two. Yeah, but look at like Huck. You know, he teamed with Albuquerque, who you could say was one of the most. His name was surrounded by um, controversy. controversy at the time, you know, with the whole Batgirl Joker cover thing. And I still wish they'd bring that out. Right? But back to what you're talking about, the Flash, Flash to me has kind of fallen off. I know you really like it, but to me, Flash is, it's not what it used to be. Like, they had Godspeed, that good story arc, and then it kind of just fell flat for me. And And it's still good every now and then. They have good issues, but... I feel like the rogues fell flat for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just hasn't been 
that that inner that good like where I'm like oh my god how long have it been since I said holy shit did you read Flash yeah it's been a while you know it, other one when you're like dude Batman fuck fuck Batman dude Batman was so good you know and it's like okay I guess I know where I'm starting when I get home tonight <laughs> you know it, it just I think right now my top my top um rebirth titles like I said we Batman Super Sons Teen Titans. I'm going to say Batman first, but Teen Titans is right there. Yeah. Like, if Teen Titans and Batman were dogs, Teen Titans is sniffing Batman's asshole. <laughs> because, like, it's... it's The only reason I'm putting Batman higher is because Batman's had more issues. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think the way Teen Titans is going, and it will see after the first story arc, because the story arc was a good driver because it had Ra's al Ghul or Ra's yeah. al Ghul or however the fuck you want to put his name. This one is now an Aqualad, like, introducing Aqualad. So it'll be... We'll see where it evens out after the first couple story arcs, but right now, I mean, they're they're neck and neck, you know. It's, it's hard to say, but detectives up there too. But I, I just think Teen Titans has been even in in the couple like what five issues that have come out, four or five issues in Teen Titans. I feel like it's just been stronger than Detective, but that's that's my opinion. Like I said, I'm just a dude behind a microphone. <laughs> just a dude behind a... Well, I hope that answers Joe's question. I hope so. It was a good question. I, awesome. I would love to have more questions like this. Like, yeah, it was cool. This has honestly been the, a great conversation. Yeah. Like, I would love... I wish we would get questions like this every week from people. Like, I mean, because after you asked that question, I was literally like, good question. I'm asking, I'm asking Matt that question tomorrow. Yeah. So we can discuss. It's an amazing question. It was a good question. And then he was like, oh, I love Mets. I'm not going <laughs> to fuck with him. <laughs> yeah, let's not fuck with, with our listeners anymore. Then maybe they'll keep coming back. <laughs> but no, he was like, yeah, because, you know, he really wanted to He really wanted to hear your opinion on it. That's, well, that's my opinion. It's awesome. It was good. I, Batman and Batman. It was pretty, my opinion was pretty close, so. Like I said, I just, I feel like. I feel like Detective would be up there, but I feel like they've had some. It's had some growing pains and some stumbling points trying to decide which character they want to focus on, and it, it just. I don't know. Well, I was hoping after um, Batwoman got her series going, that it was going to back off and it was going to like loop back around and make it, you know, Batman again. You know what I mean? Because I, I thought that's why they were doing it was to push her book. Yeah. You know, but. Mm. I just. I, I don't know. I, I, th- I think, like I said, the Monster Men story hurt it. And I, think, <laughs> I, think, I thought it hurt every title. Yeah. and I Across the board, every title that was involved. The, the Tim... Like, I didn't even read them. Like, I didn't like the first issues of them so bad. Because it was like, what, four issues or something? Five something issues? like that, yeah. I remember, I just bought them so I had my run, but I didn't even fucking read them. I let you read them. The Tim Drake situation in, in Detective... Reminds me of the Dim, the Dick Grayson Talon situation, where he turned in, where he joined the Court of Owls and became a Talon for that one issue, mm-hmm. and like where he debuted it at the end, and then after that it's like fucking done, like never mentioned again. You know. Yeah. <coughs> it's it's just one of those things. I I don't, I don't know. I just feel like the supporting ga- cast kind of stumbles over itself. I think they all have so many collective issues they stumble over themselves. Yeah, but that's my answer, Joe. Hopefully you uh, you liked it. I, I don't fucking know. 
It's I, my opinion. You don't have to great, like it. It was a great conversation. Yeah, it's my opinion. You don't have to fucking like it. Right. Well, that's my opinion. So there you go. All right, so let's talk about some Walking Dead. What did you think of this issue's, or this week's Walking Dead episode, Bury Me Here? I thought it was the only good, the really good thing about it was, there's a lot of good things about it. I don't like anything focused on Morgan. For some reason, they just, whenever they try to focus on Morgan, it seems to, it seems to flatline to me. And I don't know if I, I just don't connect with Morgan I, or the person who plays it or the way they write him. I think it... And they did a lot of focusing on him. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of good stuff that happened in this episode. I mean, they 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 brought it so that they're that much closer to war. Uh, the kingdom is knows that they have no choice. They have to be a part of this. I liked that. What the fuck's his name was willing to sacrifice himself because he saw the bigger picture that mm-hmm. King Ezekiel's not seeing. Right. And that he was willing to sacrifice himself. The only shitty part was Benjamin took the hit. Yeah. And died because of it. Cause he got shot. I liked, I kind of liked that, that Morgan had to snap. Like, they really showed his internal struggle of what of why he's trying to keep his zen because he's barely keeping himself under wraps because of his son because of everything that's going on is you know, and I I liked that he I I did like that that he initiated dude's plan like they had talked about it yeah and they had initiated like he's like you know I had to do something to fling it to, we have to do something to, to show their trust. So that we can get that much closer, so that we can attack them without them thinking that we're going to. And I like that Morgan walked up and fucking killed him in front of the saviors to build that trust, you know, and let him know, hey, this guy was gonna, he did it on purpose to start shit, but this is what I did to take care of it, and it worked. And you could tell that it worked. They were like, hm, yep, yeah. Where they, you know, I mean, they they brought that, you know, keep your enemies closer than your friends you know keep your I mean? friends close but your enemies closer and uh and I think that's what this episode did it 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 it, it brought it closer to war like we are now we are now you could say we're fucking finally <clears throat> you know what I mean like this should have been hands down the best season of The Walking Dead that's what this season should have been and so far to me, this season is like season two. We've got <laughs> three episodes left. And I think they're going to close it with the war starting, which yeah. I think is a fucking bad idea. See, I thought that I, I have a feeling the next three episodes are going to cover the war and the war is going to end at the season finale. And then they start, they start season eight differently. I don't think they're going to time jump. I think they're just going to keep moving forward. Because they keep saying that there's reports coming out and actors keep saying the Andrew Lincoln specifically keeps saying that season eight ends on such a different note than season seven. So you think that, that I think they really got a lot of backlash on the cliffhanger that they left us with last season with Negan. Yeah. that they're, I think they, their hands got smacked a little bit and I think they're not going to do that. But I don't think 
for as good as this season should have been to give us the last couple episodes as because they truly still have to do another episode to initiate their plan like they they've 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 poked at it they've prodded at it they've kind of got an idea of what they want to do they still have to bring they still have to bring Oceanside in because they've already alluded to that so there's a guarantee they're not next week's this Sunday's episode they're not initiating anything I think if if it goes to how closer to what you're saying is so next week is going to be the plan everybody's going to come together and decide this is this is what we're doing and this is how we're doing it and this is what we're going to do and I think actually the kingdom's actually going to come in I think it's actually going to show Rick and them starting to lose and I think the kingdom's going to come in and that's going to be the Tipping point. Uh, yep, that that's gonna tip it in their favor. Make the scales into their favor, but they still have to do. They still have to do. And I, if they brush over the initiation of starting this war, I think, I think it won't have the effect that it could have if they, like, you really like they, they they figure out what they're gonna do. Like, I think Dwight's wife is gonna be a major player. I think she's going to come back. I think she's going to find her way to Hilltop. And Daryl is going to vouch for her. And he's going to whack that ass. She's going <laughs> to... I don't think they're going to just write her off like that. They're, she's going to come back and she's going to play some some part. I, I just don't see why they would just write her off like that. But they very well could, but I, I don't think they're going to. Um, I feel very much the same way you do about the episode. Like I, I don't think there's anyone in the series who needs to be dead more than Morgan right now. <laughs> Like, I really hope he dies in this war. Yeah, it. he's just such a... I don't know, they could have done so... It's a... It's a he, they could have done so much more with him. And I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost kind of alluded when he was having his, like, mental breakdown that he killed his son. Like, he said he had to die. Yeah. You know? And then he called his son's name out instead of Benjamin. Yep. So it almost kind of alluded that he he put his son down because he needed to die, you know. So it, it was like I don't know, and it kind of seemed snap back into that and have a flashbacks again, and that you know that dude that whole plan was kind of fucked up from the beginning, and it sucks that Benjamin died, but it was cool to see Carol kind of step up and come back into the kingdom, and she you know. She kind of she's kind of got a soft spot for Ezekiel, you can tell. And she comes back and she's like, "You know, we need to go to war." And she is going to be the driving force that brings the kingdom into this. Yeah, like he knows because she's like, "We have to do something," and he's like, "I know, but not now." Right. I think that 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 she's going to be the driving force, but I, I really think that they're going to come in on the backside, and they're you know what I mean. I think you know. I think they're. I think it's going to be the kingdom, right? I think they're going to be fighting and i think i think carol's gonna finally do something that easy goes like yep let's do it let's fuck this shit let's you know what i mean let's we need we need to help end this all that shit over one fucking melon over a fucking melon i mean it worked though because you know they asked for an an exact amount yeah and they were one short and so he was right he knew that that something so minute as that was going to set everything off Mm-hmm. But it was just what was his name? Was it Zachary? I can't, the dude that 
Morgan Killen. Oh, I, I don't remember. He, uh... I know he had a very different death in the comic, but... Like, I thought he lasted longer. Like, yeah. he lasted into the war. Yeah. They're not following... They're not really following the comic much at all. Which is is, is actually kind of cool. I, I, I don't like the direction that they went in. I really don't. Like, I think they've really completely and totally shit the bed this season. I, I mean, really... I can't even express how much I feel that they shit the bed this season. Well, I have to ask you this question and then we'll move on to news. Um, okay. We've had an entire season, almost 16 episodes, with Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan. Do you like the, the TV show Negan? Yeah. I, I, except for the fucking, the fucking crazy lean he See, gets. I'm complete opposite. Jeffrey Deegan, Dean Morgan, not my Negan. I think he's only getting a pass because it's Hashtag cool. Hashtag not your Negan. Hashtag not my Negan. I think he gets a pass because the character is so popular. Like, Negan is one of my favorite characters. Uh, the comic book version is. The comic yeah. book Negan is my one of by far one of my favorite characters. I don't, I don't hear Jeffrey Dean Morgan when I read Walking Dead, when I read Negan. I don't hear it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't come with the same tenacity or veracity or even really charm. He just doesn't have that charm that Negan has in the book. I, I think that they're always going to praise for how well characters go over in the show and mm-hmm. how, how well they match the book. And I don't feel like that's the case with Negan. Don't get me wrong. I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan as an actor. But, yeah, what the fuck is with that lean? Yeah, that lean drives me crazy. And maybe if once I watch it unedited on Netflix and I get the the f bombs and we get the Negan that we want, I'll feel differently. But TV Negan, you know, edited Negan, that's just not my Negan. Yeah. Hashtag. You know, like I don't feel that he's coming off as threatening in the show. I, I think they're trying to, instead of his pure ferocity like he had in a book where he would, he would punish people and kill them and, and lead by example, I think they're trying to show how menacing he is instead of having him be violent. They're trying to show it by his outreach. And where I thought that was good at one point, it's now to me it's like that's the dumbest way to do it. it it's not the same as the comics. It's, and I know it's a stickler, not the same as the comics, but I just don't feel like... I don't feel He's that measuring up. Yeah, I don't. I also don't feel that they're the Negan from the comics has transferred over to the TV show because it seems like the TV shows that he Matt Negan is a little more psychological. Yeah, he's a little more of a head game person. Where Negan was more in the comic, he's more of a in your face. This is what I think. If you like it, fuck you. And if yeah. you don't like it, fuck you too. And I think, and you know, that's why you get that. You know, a lot of what he says, what he says, because he doesn't. He doesn't have that filter, and it looks like in the show he's got a filter. Like he, like the Negan in the comics isn't a very well planned out guy. He just knows fear works, and he's got people working for him, and he has everything. You know what I mean? He, yeah. He's not. He doesn't have like, and it seems like this the Negan in TV is a little more meticulous. Yes, and I it, it's he's not like that in the comic. He, yeah, I would agree, and I think that Negan in the books is more emotionally driven. Because there's time even in the book where he, he's going, going, going. And like we saw recently in the couple last issues, you know, he's like, you, you know, he 
He's going, going, going. He knows he had to establish his his point with Rick. He had to establish dominance, so he killed Glenn. And, you know, he's so emotional driven. At some point, he came down, and he was like, that was fucked up of what I did. That was real fucked up of me. You know, and he even told Rick, he's like, I'm sorry, you know, that was fucked up, yeah. but sometimes an Asian dude's got to get his head bashed in to prove a point. Mm. You know, so he, he's so emotional driven and, and in your face, and then when he, he steps back and thinks about it, he's like, Oh, that was kind of fucked, mm-hmm. you know, but he doesn't go back on it. He's just like, yeah, sorry. In his own half-assed backhanded apology <laughs> way, he apologizes. But, you know, in in maybe not the most opportune moment to apologize, he usually does it, you know, just the randomest shit. Yeah. What he thinks is an apology is not. Right. And you've got the TV Negan who's more meticulous about things and calculated and he plays more head games and mm-hmm. like when we saw them bash Glenn and Abraham, he played more head games with Rick by making him go get the axe and, and everything like that. Like, But when he actually bashed in Abraham and Glenn in, yeah. he w- that was, I was like, yes, he's Negan. But the reason I think he was Negan is because it was being, he was, what he was saying was verbatim of the comic. Right, and it was playing out the way you saw it play out in the book. And so when he was, when he was saying these lines of, you know, you know, Lucille's a vampire bat. Yeah. And, oh, and you know what I mean? Like, that was all straight from, he's taking, I mean, that was all straight from the comic. So when I was like, yes, they are going to fucking, they're going to drive Negan home. And then they fucking, like, once they got past that first episode. Yeah. It, it, he, like, you know, Negan Town was right, and he went to Negan TV Town left. I think there's three times Negan has really shined in the show. The, the season premiere, when he bashes Glenn and Abraham, mm-hmm. that was that was a good Fucking Negan. Fucking phenomenal. Then when he kills Spencer, mm-hmm. and when he's with Carl. So it's all three times exactly how it played out in like, the exactly, comic. Exactly, yeah. Exactly how it played out in the comic. Because he didn't have to improvise as much. It wasn't as scripted. It was already written for him. Like, all he had to do was, he read it. All you have to do is act out what you're seeing in the book. Yeah. Easy. Easy. And now you're kind of giving him, like, the episode with Dwight and Dr. Smarty Pants. No, you wouldn't get Dr. Smarty Pants <laughs> in in the comic books. You know, it would have been a lot, a lot more F-bombs. Yeah. And it just, you know, and it, it kind of takes me back to that that dude who left the or person who left the message on our thing and on uh pod being that's just like oh and without all the f-bombs it would be better content well walking dead is proof of the opposite yes that if you don't have that you know language it it hurt it can hurt i think if i like cursing is a part of my speech yeah and i think if i didn't do it I don't think I would be me. I, and I think when I would be describing things, I wouldn't be describing things as me. And I think that's... I think that's where me and the saying the word fuck really comes into play because I think it... The word fuck you can use as anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's a verb. It's a noun. It's fucking an adjective. It's fucking whatever you need it to be. Just like yeah. right now. It's fucking whatever you need it to be. You know what I mean when I say that word fuck. I... You know what I mean? It's not like an email to fucking Fabian saying I'm taking over a con 
and there's terminology discrepancies. When I say the word fuck... I like how you went there. You, <laughs> you know exactly what I mean when I say that word. If it's happy, if it's sad, if it's mad, if it's... You know exactly what I'm saying. I don't have to have a legend at the bottom that says this word really means this when I'm sending an email. Yeah. You know what it means. Speaking of that, I was laughing. Andy messaged me the other day, and he was like, I was going to ask you whatever happened to that comic douchebag. And he's like, but... I guess I don't need to now since I just listened to the episode. We're right in the middle of me talking. You like broke in to say they closed the store. But um, yeah, I just like fuck can mean good. Fuck can mean bad. You know it. It um, I'm I'm I always say I'm I'm fluent in three languages: English, profanity, and sarcasm. That's me. I got a couple of those down too. Yeah, it's just it's second nature to me, man. <laughs> It really is. But, but the Negan thing, though, like like I said, it's just not... You don't see Negan laying back in the fucking comic books, and you don't see, like, Bruce, Lucille... I, I think it's only popular because of word of mouth and how did you like, see, hyped... Did you see the, Lucille in Big Bang Theory last yeah, week? Yeah. How hyped uh, the, the comic people have made for Negan's appearance, and I just don't feel... I don't feel like it's transferred over as well... From What's the, his name? The book S- Scott, Scott Dimple? Scott, Scott Gimple. That motherfucker needs to stop writing Walking Dead. <laughs> because if, like, like he wrote most of that episode. Fuck that guy. Yeah. That guy is clown shoes. That guy needs <laughs> to be. That guy is fucking clown shoes. <laughs> he needs to, like, they need to get, I think maybe they needed, they might need fresh blood in there. Yeah. Maybe Kirkman needs to come in and say, listen, motherfuckers. Well, I think he's very involved in it. No, I don't think so. I, there's no way he could have let this season of The Walking Dead go in the direction that it's gone in, and he can't. He couldn't have said that. Well, we know for a fact he was very involved in the season premiere because he's the one that wrote Abraham's death like that. But after that, I mean, and that was an awesome episode. It was fucking badass. Yeah. But I think there's no way he's gonna be like, hell yeah! I really like how slow and crappy and non-eventful this entire season of Walking Dead has been. There's no way he's fucking... He probably doesn't care. He's probably cashing that AMC check and does, it doesn't <laughs> matter, but something in the back of his head has to be saying, you know what, this this is not how I wanted the Negan... Introducing Negan into All Out War. This is not how I could I want it. There's no way. Because I, I just think... I think if they keep going with the path they are now with the way Negan is... There's not going to be a, a season eight. He's going to fall... <laughs> no. He's going to fall flat when he becomes captured by it's, Rick. It, well, yeah. He's going to be fucking... His head's going to be at his knees. He's still going to be walking yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. Smelling his own farts. Right? It's going to be fucking... He's going to be like... Like a curly cue almost. <laughs> Fuck. But... What would you give... What would you rate this week's episode of Walking Dead? Just because... Uh, Carol's becoming active. The kingdom knows they have to go to war. Um, I gave it a seven five. Yeah, I think that's a fair. I think it's a fair assessment. Only because you know what the outcome is going to be. You, since we read the books, everybody knows what's going on. You know that 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 was the push the kingdom needed because nobody was happy that the kingdom was like. Yeah, I'm gonna back up and I'm not really I don't really want to be a part of your plan because you know like in the comic the kingdom was the 
they were the front runner of, yeah. of this war. And but, them being kind of the that's what kind of turned me I don't know. I think Benjamin's death will have a bigger impact in the long run, but as far as like an one episode basis, didn't it didn't really mean anything. All it did was push what needed to be pushed. Yeah. That's it just gave Morgan that, that little bit of oomph to pull his head out of his ass for yeah. a moment. But now he's off to still going to be a baby at Carol's house while Carol's trying. Carol moves back into the kingdom. Like, you want to know the truth? I'll give you the truth. Yeah, and he spilled the beans. Like, what a dickhead. Like, it was at that moment right there where I was like, this fucker needs to die. But he, he said, if you don't want to know, I won't tell you. She was yeah. the one who wanted to actually know. But the fact that he showed up there and gave her that ultimatum. Right. Like, that's essentially he's strong arming what Daryl gave her away from her. It, it's like she's a kid. He's a fucking child and a toy. And he's like, you took my toy. I want it back, you know. I'll tell you this if you give it back to I'm me. I'm going to be in a fucked up place. You're going to be in a fucked up yeah. place. I'll tell you what he did if you give that back to me. You know, and, and that's kind of what it felt like. But I think 7.5 is is reasonable. Yeah. All right. I got a little bit of news. Okay. Before we get into news, oh, I got, shit. let me do a shout out real quick. Oh, no. We don't do shout outs on this show. I got two shout outs. Oh, God. I'm going to give one shout out to my, my friend Chuck. Big listener now. Oh, what up? Welcome, Chuck. So. Big he, listener, you know, huh? He fucking, to the point where he's messaged me, you need to do more shows. <laughs> we need to do more shows. He's like, one one a week isn't enough. I'm burning through it too quick. I said, I told him, good thing we got a bunch of fucking old issues. Yeah, where were you? Uh... So, I sh- and I got I want to give a shout out to, uh, the other shout out is to uh, uh, Zach, Zach Russell, Zachary Russell. He does live auctions on Facebook. If you guys are into Facebook live auctions. Isn't that the dude who owes one of our listeners a book still? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, Lance won a book from him. Yeah, never received but it. He's, that he, should be hanging on our wall right now. Right, but he's he's build, he's opening up a store, and he's been very busy with the store. But if you guys are into live auctions, um, this guy does some pretty live auctions. Friend him, his name's Zachary Russell. Um, but he's opening up a store in Tennessee in, hold on, it's in, not Lafayette, 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 Tennessee. It's called, I think it's it's about an hour outside of Nashville. It's called Tennessee Toys and Comics. It's supposed to be opening up a week from yesterday, so like the 22nd. So next Tuesday? Next Wednesday. Or next Wednesday? Next Wednesday. He should be opening up, so if you guys are... Go down there and get yourself a free ski soda. That's that's what they seem to like there. <laughs> but if if you guys are in the Lafayette area, it's an hour outside of Nashville. I think it's I think it's pretty close to the Kentucky border. If you guys are close to it, check it out next week. Um, awesome guy, cool auctions. I hope he doesn't bail on us because he's got a store. Because I like, you know, part of my Friday nights is you know watching his auctions and his Wednesday. auctions are usually on Monday, aren't they? He's been, well, since he's been working on the store, he's been different, but he's been, uh. he used to do them Fridays, he used to do them on Wednesdays, like, they were on different days. I think usually Wednesdays was his strong day. Yeah, he, you know, and once a month he does in an insane auction he's starting to do where it's fucking mega keys. Nice. Where he's doing the X-Men ones and the fucking, uh, you know what I mean, like, you know, Nice, really nice Spider-Man 300. He's a, he, that's the same guy that banned my brother from his auction, right? Yeah, because your brother's trolling. being a troll, yeah. yeah. So shout out to him if you guys are into live auctions. Find him. Friend him. Aw- awesome guy. 
everybody I'd like to hear you know I like to see somebody go check out a store because I'd like yeah. some input on it because it looks nice he's been tell him been, we sent you and that way maybe he'll shout us out on his live stream more people will come try, check us out yeah so be like oh I heard I heard Absolute Geek talking Kyle from Absolute Geek talking about you and because I've, I've watched the guy's auctions two or three times and he friended me on Facebook but now like you watch him a lot so I watch him all the time I've bought I've bought some pretty cool books off of him from, for, for pretty good prices at least you received them yeah I, I think it just got lost in the shuffle the dude man the dude sells so many books yeah, I'm man sure he, and I'm sure he burns and turns yeah you know I mean just like I've seen people drop some crazy money buying awesome books from him so just a shout out guys go check out a store if you can seems like it's gonna be a good thing Sounds like it. Let's get into some news. All right. Now that Kyle is done shamelessly plugging other people's stuff. <laughs> um, hey, you know what? It's all about community, man. We got to. That's tr- That is we, absolutely correct. We should correct. be here. Like, more people should be coming to us and letting us and, and, and getting with us to plug their stuff. Absolutely. I we, absolutely we should agree. Be, we, I mean, we are a comic book community. We're a community of people where if we can help him. Get people comics and and deals on comics, and he can make a living selling comic books. Man, we we should be doing everything we can to help people do it. Absolutely. So, and I want to be there to help people. Look at Kyle, he's like, he just wants to help people. I do. I'm a, you know, like I I should be on front of Safeway with a bell. Around Christmas time. There it is, people. Kyle from Absolute Geek. He is the Salvation Army of the comic book community. See, I was just ringing my yep, bell right yep, now. There it is. All right, a little bit of news here. Um, Aquaman release date pushed back, and I have a feeling I know why now. Reports indicate that the film has been pushed back from its October 5th, because of 2015. Exactly. Release and moved to December 21st, 2018. So they pushed it back from October because arguably Venom, we just heard today that Venom is coming out and that's, that's another, I'll, well, I'll touch on that topic right better now. better be rated Well, we'll R. talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, it, it's presumably because Venom's coming out at the same time and they don't want to compete with Marvel. Um, but why would you move your movie to December 2018? when you're going to have to compete with Han Solo or right. whatever other fucking Star Wars movie is coming out that year. Right. Around that time. So, like, I don't know what DC's doing. I, I don't know if this is a sign that they're just folding their cards. You know, it's it's. do you go up against Marvel or do you go up against Disney? Are they hoping that... It's the same thing. <laughs> well, yeah, essentially, yes, you're right. Yeah, 100% <laughs> you are correct. So I, I guess I guess you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But do you go against? Do you take your shot against a relatively unknown Star Wars film that could tank because it's a prequel about a character that everyone loves? <laughs> or do you that go? That sounds like it's gonna tank. We're do gonna you do go a against about a, the, about a the, yeah a Marvel a Sony film that you're kind of like uh, well they haven't had much luck in the past so they should put it out in February. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or or November. Like, look at Logan. It's the fucking highest grossing movie of the year. Granted, it's March. Yeah. But I mean, they they 
it, it was an awesome movie, and it would have done fucking phenomenal in summer. Like I, I would have. Oh, I think so too. It would have given everything coming out a run for its money, but putting it out in February made it fucking a standalone where there was nothing clouding it. You know what I mean? Like, like we have so many superhero movies and action movies and everything coming out. Like. I don't even know what's all coming out. I agree with you, but then I also disagree with you. Like, I agree with you 100% that it was good to put it out in, in March because it stands alone and there's nothing surrounding it that, like, takes away from it. I think if you had it in the summer, it gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. It, it's a great movie, but it gets lost in the shuffle of Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. 2, you know, um... Justice League. Like, See, like we don't even know everything is coming. Like I know there's other stuff coming. Yeah, out it gets it gets lost in the shuffle of everything else that's coming out this year. So I, I don't think it. I, th- I still think it, it it performs well and it gets good praise, but I don't think it becomes the standout film that it's been because I think it gets overshadowed. But that's when DC should put out their movies. <laughs> yeah, right. March. Well, I yeah. Just do it every time, DC. <laughs> Listen to us. We know we're fucking. We we fucking know everything. Yeah. Um, Affleck's Batman film will reportedly be rewritten from the ground up. Again. The screenplay for the Batman is being rewritten from uh, the ground up. No word on who will handle the rewrites. Dude, if if it's going to be rewritten again, that means everything we've known is probably gone. That probably means Deathstroke oh, might not be in it. Shit. I guarantee he's still in it. I, I, if, if I guarantee. There's rumors. Like, this, this is an ongoing situation, and it's becoming a situation that's very almost... Um, like they're scared to put something tar- out. Like it, it, yeah, it's almost um, hostile now because every week you get a different report coming out that Ben wants to leave. Ben's going to do one more. I heard he went to rehab. He went to rehab, yeah. After yep. the Oscars or the Golden Globes yep. or whatever. He went to rehab and... Oh, poor guy. He couldn't handle his alcohol. Well, I mean... Poor Ben. <laughs> oh, man. Did you have too many mirrors? <laughs> Jesus, oh. God. Would your expensive cognac just didn't go down right? What a fucking bitch! Well, you know, not necessarily. People no, go, no, don't even, don't even stand up for him. He can't <laughs> I'm not handle standing his booze. up. For, I'm not standing up for him. I'm standing up for no, everyone want, else who goes to rehab for a good reason and trying to get their life back on track. Oh no, all those people, I applaud you for rehab. But Ben Affleck's a pussy. <laughs> Rehab's for quitters, fucker. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, but I mean, if he wants to get out of the film, uh, now is now is the time to what a dick to bail out because it seems like everything else is bailing out. Um, they should make a Teen Titans movie. They should make a Nightwing movie or a Teen Titans movie, and they should insert Deathstroke into that. But this brings up your perfect point, though: is before you said don't reboot another Batman movie, give us Batman Beyond. Yeah. Okay. That'd be so dope. Make him old man Bruce Wayne. Give us Batman Beyond. Don't give us the Batman. Give us Batman Beyond. Or get Michael Keaton back and give us Batman Beyond. You know? Yeah. I understand what yeah, DC... Introduce Terry McGinnis. That would be fucking so cool. And I think that's where DC f- kind of fucked themselves. Is they should have made Justice League years ago. They should have made... Oh, yeah. a, a, you know, these movies years ago when the Batman trilogies were hot. They should have been making these when the Nolan movies were cranking oh, out. Oh, yeah. And now they've kind of missed the fucking boat and they're not going to compare it to Avengers movies. And then you have, you have them all, they're all in disarray. I'm hearing like that Wonder Woman is boring. You know, it looks good in the trailer, but I'm hearing the movie itself is boring and convoluted. Then you have, you know, Flash who can't fucking keep a director. 
It's because he's got a terrible fucking uniform. Re- rewrites Fuck. like crazy. You know, you have Aquaman that, that's kind of just skating by. No one's really talking about it. And then you have Justice League coming out. That somehow they fucking got that hot pile together. Which I didn't Even really th- hear a lot about Justice League. No, but I've, you know, they got that all together. And then this, like this, this movie's in turmoil. Like it, every week you hear something different about it. And I think it's just time to scrap it and go in a new direction. Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond. Or in a Teen Titans movie so we can have Deathstroke. Yeah. There you go. Because it would be cool to watch a movie, Teen Titans versus them fight Deathstroke. Don't give us a Judas Contract animated. Give us Judas Contract live action. Now, that would be cool. Yeah. I mean, that would be a a cool Nightwing movie, and that would be, I mean, that would be perfect. I mean, because they could could introduce Robin, they could introduce the Teen Titans, they could switch to Nightwing. So then we have that establishment where they can actually break off and then do a Teen Titans movie. And then we can still have a Nightwing movie. Like we can, they can, they can combine those two together. Don't make it fucking convoluted. Don't do what you did with like Batman, Superman with it, and make it. You know what I mean? Do it. Just follow the fucking story, and then they could, they can keep. They then they could make a Teen Titans movie. I, I think that's where they're missing the boat. Instead of Justice League, they should be giving you us. You know, they're missing boats. They're not fucking listening to us. Yeah, they should give us Teen Titans, a movie of Teen Titans. You know. Do something different than what everyone else is doing. But, um... Kyle's favorite show, The Big Bang Theory, prequel gets the series order. CBS has given a green light to its Big Bang Theory prequel, Young Sheldon. Oh, it's gonna bomb. With a straight-to-series order for the comedy that will focus on the life of young Sheldon Cooper, uh, played in the original series by Jim Parsons. John Favreau will direct and executive produce the pilot. <laughs> I, I, personally, it's gonna bomb. It's gonna be fucking stupid. It's gonna. It's not. It's gonna miss the mark. I'm gonna yeah. tell me what will make that show funny is Roseanne's sister, Sheldon's mom, that plays Sheldon's mom yeah. now. She needs to be the mom. I don't know what they're gonna have to do to make her look younger, but she because she is so fucking funny. In Probably the Big recast Bang her. No, no, she needs to play it <laughs> the way she, you know because she is the Bible thumping kind of racist fucking a little bit out there and the way she plays that character in Big Bang it's hilarious yeah like I could just imagine her talking to Sheldon's dad you know before he leaves and fucking and just the way you know that she just you know like how she talks to Wallowitz and how she talks to Raj Mm -hmm. I just it would be funny in that setting in Texas her saying that stuff I think that was I think that would make the show but the show's going to miss the mark. The show's going to bomb. And the show's going to be fucking stupid. So you're saying it's pretty much going to be what Big Bang Theory is now? No, Big Bang Theory is fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm going to say these fucking, the spinoff is going to be <laughs> with a thumbs down. Yeah. I mean, obviously, CBS has faith in it if they're going a straight to series or green light. Because it's not like they're only green lighting 10 episodes. They're giving it a full run. So. See, what makes him a childhood funny is just. The remarks, you know, yeah. we had him tested, you know, I, I, you know what I mean? Like when he tried to make the death ray gun yeah. to kill, you know, to, you know, to, to hurt the, the bully that was beating him up. What makes those stories funny is they're just snippets inside the show. Yeah. Bringing those stories into actual dialogue and half hour episodes, I think it's going to miss the mark. 
Yeah. It's just not going to be funny. Like, and it might be, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that, uh, and I'm a huge Big Bang Theory. I would, I would love to have a, a more Big Bang Theory. Like, I've always liked that show. It's, it's, it's still fucking funny. It, it, sometimes it misses the mark a little bit also like a little too much relationship bullshit in it but it's a funny show I mean how do you not like it though That's, I don't understand it you know just a lot of people find that it stereotypes Who the geek culture and doesn't shit? it doesn't properly represent us as a collective but they, they're not they're not directing it towards us they're directing it towards the masses so you yeah. have to make it what is relatable but and the way they go about being nerdy is the relatable is what what a lot of mainstream American what people think of nerdy is 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 the way that they are. And yeah, and I think that's the negative impact of it though is that they're they're telling the masses this is what nerds are like and this is what nerds it's do. It's just a TV show. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just a TV show. But you so you've never had anyone go, oh, you're into comics and you're a nerd, you're a geek, huh? So, is it, are you like the guys off Big Bang Theory? No, no, nobody. I have. I've had it happen like five times. No one has ever said, "Are you like the guy from Big Bang?" Theory? I've, I've had it happen at like five times, and it happened at my my uncle's funeral. And they're like, "Oh, you were one of the podcast? Yeah. What's it about? Oh, you know, comic books, stuff like that, conventions. What's going on in the, you're not in the a comic community? That, that no, I know. And they're like, "Oh, so you're like the guys off Big Bang Theory?" I was like, "Not even close." I still like sports. I still like all this other stuff, but it just happens to be a passion of mine. But it, I not like anything like the people off Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I just think they, it's, it's just a show and they're just, it's, they're not, it's not a hundred percent focused on, you know what I mean? It has to be there to make the show run, but it's not actually about them being, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. about the, like them just, it's just about four friends. Now it's about, and their wives and girlfriends. Yeah, and babies. And it's just funny. Like, I was giving Lance shit about that the other day. I was talking to him over Facebook, and I was like, listen, I was like, how, because remember you, you mentioned that he told you that he told his girlfriend that you think he's a, a, a stud muffin or a, a sex suave mach- motherfucker. A suave motherfucker. Suave motherfucker. And he was like. Make sure we get it right. We were laughing about that, and he was like, um, he, he said something to me, and he was like, I've got that episode saved. Like, I'll replay it. He's like, you guys said that. I got that episode saved. Like Kyle thinks you're a swab motherfucker. He's like, you do too. I've got it saved. And I was like, whatever. But I, I asked him. I was like, how close was I on my my comparison of you that you were kind of a closet nerd growing up and more into sports and you were you were scared to come out and beat people up for his lunch money. He was like, well, I never. He was like, yeah, I agree with you, but I never beat anyone up for their lunch money. He's like, but I did. Use, the only kids I really ever picked on were the Magic the Gathering nerds. And then he starts like throwing out Magic the Gathering t- terminology that like, you fucking play, you fucking play, <laughs> don't you? But I was like, you got to watch out for those dudes. Those are the dudes that'll steal your girl. But now. now it's very open. It's very and you know and Big Bang Theory has paved this way to where I think you're giving too much credit to Big Bang Theory. I'm telling you though, Big Bang Theory. I mean, there's a lot of contributing factors, but to main you know Avengers movies, Marvel movies, that stuff, all this stuff. But I think. If you think about it, though, the Big Bang Theory was kind of this catalyst that that got it kind of it, it brought it mainstream. It brought it, 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 you know, where I'm not saying it's okay to be a nerdy guy because everybody, no matter who you are, is nerdy in their own way. Like they, have, yeah, everybody likes what they like. But 
what it I think what big it, it brought it into a light where it's 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 not this crazy thing you know to to enjoy to enjoy Batman to fucking to go to go to see the you know the Avengers in the movie theater like it's you know like everybody and everybody's going and I think I don't think I can't I'm not going to solely say it was the Big Bang Theory but I think they were a driving force behind it I think they they really brought it they brought that into people's living rooms into people who really thought it was this weird thing and not just you know you could be this regular person that likes these different things but also enjoy reading a comic book as well you don't you know you can enjoy the Packers, but also enjoy reading Batman at the same time. And I think I do, I do enjoy. Both. And that's how most people are. You know, there's there's a lot of neckbeards out there that fucking that that stereotype exactly what you think it is. But what I think what Big Bang Theory is, it's it's brought it into the light where you know what it's it's not crazy to enjoy these things. It's not really outside the norm of society. It's it's you know go to the comic conventions you see it now you have you you see everybody there young old people you never thought would be at a comic book convention are wandering around and enjoying it and I think stuff like the Big Bang Theory has brought it and it's because it's, it's brought it into into mainstream, mainstream prime time living room watching TV yeah so um, That's the end of my Big Bang rant. <laughs> Moving on to a show Kyle doesn't like. Game of Thrones showrunners uh, confirm a very short final season. I, you know what would be really awesome if it was none? <laughs> it was so short it wasn't even on. Show, uh, showrunners confirm Sunday at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, that the eighth and final, se- the eighth and final season of Game of Thrones will only be six episodes. That's two episodes less uh, than originally Woo-hoo! thought, and Thanks, one HBO. one less than the already short season seven. And now to what uh, we were first talking about at the top of the news: Spider-Man Venom spinoff gets a release date. It seems the Spider-Man universe will spawn a new solo Venom film, which now has been slated for October fifth, two thousand eighteen. Alex Kurtzman will direct the film. Fans will know the director from his work as the writer and director of Amazing Spider-Man two. So he wrote the Amazing Spider-Man two. How do you see? Venom playing in to the new Spider-Man universe and homecoming in and all of that. I see it. Um, do you see him mixing it or do you see him keeping it separate? Keeping it separate. Really? Because I don't think they're going to introduce the, uh, I think it's going to be the, the more evil Venom. Yeah. The Eddie Brock. Do you think we're going to get symbiote from outer space Venom or are we going to get Created in a lab venom, like you get in Ultimate. Created in a lab venom. You think so? But the way, well, I mean, it, it plays, it would co, it would go more with what, how everything else is. Like Ninja Turtles remain in the lab instead of an accident and, yeah. you know, in, in, you in know, the, the mutagen going into the sewer. Um, everything, everything is being, cr- you know, created in labs. And I, I, so I think they're going to follow that path because it, it's more realistic to nowadays standards. You know that that's what you picture that it, it happening accidentally in a lab and going haywire, or maybe it might be close to like they they got something from space, they came into a and it and and something in a lab triggers it. But I think that's what they and I but I but I hope it's gory, I hope it's it's 
crazy, like how Venom kind of is crazy. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot to handle. Yeah. And I hope that that's how that movie kind of goes. But that's the hard thing is that you would think that it has to cross. Either they're going to bank really, really hard on people remember Spider-Man 3 or... I think they're going to distance themselves from that. You're going to have to... (laughs) You can't necessarily have Venom without Peter Parker. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. He doesn't get... The Venom symbiote only obtains this web, the Spider-Man powers because of his time with Peter Parker. He's obsessed with with Peter Parker because, you know, he attaches himself to Eddie Brock because they're both obsessed with Peter Parker. You know, Eddie Brock is obsessed because he thinks Peter destroyed his life and got him fired. And then you have the venue of Simba. But they've done that already. But that's what I'm saying. But do you know what I mean? They would, I think, and it didn't turn out well. Remember, it ended up being fucking emo Spider-Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I think they went, I think Sam Raimi went in the wrong direction with that. They don't have to go emo Spider-Man with it, but like, you know. I guess they're going to have to do something like that. They could have Tom... Tom Wellington, I think his name is. I can't think of his name. They could have the actor that's playing Spider-Man in Homecoming show up in that film and have the symbiote for a little bit before no, transferring it. But or then, uh, then it wouldn't be that like like twenty minutes of him. That would kind of suck too. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're gonna have it, let's let's do it. Well, you could. I mean, you could show it from both sides. Like you could take it from the the Venom film, being it from Eddie Brock's point of view, where it's him. You know, and Peter Parker is kind of the protagonist. He's the bad guy. Yeah. And that'd be kind of cool too. Then you could fl- flip it, and in Spider-Man: Homecoming two, you can uh, fucking freeze it. <laughs> in Spider-Man: Homecoming two, you could flip it and show it from the other side. Phone. You can show it from Spider-Man: <laughs> His time with the black suit going into. The situation with Venom. Okay, it's just gonna have to be a three and a half hour movie. Well, I'm just saying, like you could <laughs> end a story. No, it's playing. You could have him become Venom and not actually have him face off until, you know, Venom Two or Spider Man Two, you know, or Homecoming Two or whatever the fuck they call it. Venom's a tough character though to even. He is. Like even to like, I, I I'm kind of surprised that they're even like. I think it's because he, his origin relies so heavily on Spider Man though, because without Spider Man you don't have the web abilities. You don't get Venom the way Ven- you know Venom. I just don't think they're going to do, like, the Secret Wars thing. No, I don't think they'll do that. I, uh, I think... I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't go very Spider-Man the Animated Series with it. Where J. Jonah Jameson's son goes to space and it comes back in the space shuttle with him. And then it, you know, he atta- it attaches himself to Spider-Man. And that's the whole thing with Venom is that he's crazy because he had that taste of power. He, he had the taste of... What the the you know the superhuman had and Eddie Brock doesn't have that. He relies on Venom to be that that superhuman. So Venom's main goal is to always try to get back to to Peter. That's why he's constantly hungering for him. You know, so it's it's I think because it's a hard it's a hard thing to pull off if you don't somehow have Peter Parker in the mix. You think they're going to lead into a Carnage? Um, I think Carnage will be. I think Carnage will be in the Venom movie as a bad guy at some point. In the Venom movies, if they make it a franchise. Sounds like a franchise. But, um, I mean, the only other way they could explain it is if they, create, like you said, created it in a lab and they gave it the abilities and it's somehow with the same... 
I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do it close. They're gonna go to space. They're gonna come back, and then the, it's gonna take off in a lab. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, what else can they do? Right. I don't know. It'll be interesting it to see how they, do, how they do it. Because they're gonna have to explain getting the spider powers some way, shape, or form. Maybe that's where the lab will come in. Yeah, they'll do something. Like they'll reference Spider Man somehow, but then I don't know. Then maybe they will. They be going too far off base. Then, well, it could end up even being that he gets Peter Parker ends up getting like a um, internship somewhere, and it just like his blood spills into it or something, and in the Venom symbiote or whatever, and it then it attaches Eddie Brock and all that. But who knows? Who knows how they're gonna do it? It's gonna be interesting to see. Ooh, I like all this speculation. Speculated, baby. I'm excited to see it because, I mean, Venom's such a fucking cool character. He is. He's a cool villain, for sure. It sucks that his standalone book is hot garbage. Right now? Yeah. Uh, I bought it. I don't even think I read it. I, I didn't it even came buy out, it. I think it came out last week or did it come out this week? It came out this week. I didn't even buy it. I have it. It's sitting there. I might thumb through it. I, I'm, I might stick to it, but it's like... I have it stacked on the bottom. It's been nothing but a whiner. He's been nothing but a fucking whiner. I don't want to kill anybody anymore. Marvel needs to really do something. Like they Marvel are, needs a they are, they need to rebirth. They need to. I don't know if they need to have an op. They need to call it Marvel Operation. I don't know what they need, like Marvel facelift, but they need to do something because they're really. I mean, it seems like they're just slowly falling. Further and further and further off the mark. How many X Men teams do we need? We don't need X Men Blue, X Men Gold, and did you see the G. A. Scott Campbell X Men cover? Yeah, but y- y- did you see all three of them? No, dude. But like, you, how many fucking X Men covers? You know, how many X Men books do we need? Right. You know, it's just Marvel just needs to Marvel needs to rein it in. This is X Men Gold, X Men. But there's three covers you can get. Those are that's dope, right? They Those go on really cool. sale Saturday. Nice. I was thinking about grabbing. There's a to everyone out there. There's a colored one. There's a a different style one, and then there's a black and white one. There's three covers to, to X Men Gold. And if you guys are part of the like, I'm part of the J. Scott Campbell fan club uh-huh. store thing. That's why I got this. So. It goes on sale March 18th, which is Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Eastern. How much, how much are they, though? Um, like, I think they're like 15 bucks each. So you're getting the book. You're getting the book before it even comes out. When it comes out, they automatically mail it to you. Right? Oh, so you don't even get it until it, it Like, I out. ordered the uh, his last one. Um, I ordered the... The Amazing Spider-Man 25, J. Scott Campbell cover. Did you see it? No. You didn't see it? No. No way. Is that 25 just came out, right? So you spent $10 on that fucking thing? Uh, $10 I actually plus? spent $31. Jesus Christ. I spent $31.20. For a fucking cover? It was 24 plus shipping. For a cover? Dude, it's fucking, look at this cover though. It's. I'm sure it's a badass cover, but it's, it's a, dude. It's, a cover, I, it's probably one. 
this is probably one of my favorite J. Scott Campbell covers yet. Like, you didn't see it? No. Where's that? Amazing Spider-Man excuses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, okay. he's seen it. Dude, I, I really wanted, because there's three covers, I really wanted this one. But you had to buy all three to get the one cover that I wanted. That's cool. So you had to spend like $94 to get the yeah. cover that I wanted. So I didn't get it. Because I, I actually wanted this one. It's white and it's got it's got Mary Jane and Spider-Gwen. And then Felicia, yeah. And I, I love that she's wearing like a teddy. Yeah. And they're, I don't know. It's, it's This is probably one of my favorite J. Scott Campbell covers. Like I'm getting this cover. And I'm getting it, and I'm sending it to Boston Con to get signed for me. By him? By J. Scott Campbell. Or I might send it to San Diego, but I might send it to Boston Con. Because I'm going to send, like, I'm getting a few things signed by J. That's, like, my focus. He's a nice dude. He is a nice guy. After, His after, handler's kind of shitty, but yeah, he's a nice after guy. Yeah, after the way he handled the situation at at San Diego with me, he's he's definitely a cool guy. He's got my respect. The fact that not only do I have a book signed by him, I have a back and forth signed by him too. But if you enter in, if anybody's interested in, in the Campbell cover for the X Men Gold, go on, sign up for his store, fan club, whatever it is. But if you go on, um, and you type in like X Men Gold One, yeah, you get like twenty percent off or something. Nice. Like, I entered that in to get the Spider-Man 25, and it didn't accept it, and I still ended up paying fucking $24 for the cover. It's insane for a cover. It's a cool cover, but... Hmm. It's way cool. There's only... There's only... They're sold out. There's no more. There's, they sold out that day. People are nuts, man. Like, I could have spent, like, an extra 10 bucks and got it signed by them, but I want it yeah. signed and graded and, like, yellow labeled instead of... And the little less... Uh, the little... Well, the last piece of little news here. Uh, Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds' public memorial dates and locations have been revealed. For fans who have wanted to pay their respects to Carrie Fisher, uh, the opportunity will be made available. The service will be held on March 25th at Forest Lawn, Hollywood Hills. So there you go. If you're in Hollywood and you want to go say... When? Uh, March 25th. Oh. If you are in Hollywood and you want to go pay your respects to Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, now you know where to do it. So enjoy booking your flight, Andy. <laughs> All right, let's get into some comic book reviews. Oh, shit. What everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Lead with comic book reviews and then shut up. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. What, what books do you have this week? I have Spider-Man, number 14. No. Oh. Super Sons 2. Okay. Batman 19. Okay. And Nightwing 17. All right. I have Super Sons 2, Batman 19, Spider-Man 14, and Power Rangers 13. So you do Power Rangers, I'll do Nightwing, and then we'll do the rest of them together. Um, so in Power Rangers, uh, number 13, Billy and um, Tommy are still stranded in an alternate dimension where instead of Tommy becoming good after uh, they broke Rita's spell, he decided to... Uh, under his own volition and power, remain evil and continue on to serve Rita Repulsa. And he becomes Dakin 
and he, uh, I, th- I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, or Dakion, or whatever. Um, he essentially becomes a bad guy, and he infuses the Green Ranger and White Ranger powers together. Well, and now it's kind of like a, u- a utopia run by Herman Rita, and Billy and Tommy are stranded in that society, and they've come across what are known as the powerless and they see the powerless are the original Power Rangers team. Um, so they find Zach and uh, what's what's interesting is they have two the two Yellow Rangers. They have Zach, Trini, and um, Aisha in here, who both were the Yellow Ranger. Uh, you kind of they're kind of testing everything, and Saba kind of sticks up for for Billy and Tommy, saying that they're legit and it's not Dakion. So they let him into the camp, and they're kind of explaining to him everything that's that's happened over the years and and what's gone on and and everything like that and they uh Billy finds out that his version in that timeline is dead and he died as a hero saving Trini's life then they kind of cut back to the main timeline and Rita uh is making a bunch of goldars to attack the earth and earth, earth. alpha 5 has been missing for days and all of a sudden Alpha comes back online and tells the Rangers that they have found a way to restore the power grid and get their power coins back so they can open up a dimensional portal to get Tommy and Billy back. Well, it was really just Finster Rita's minion messing with Alpha 5 that he found in pretty much setting up a trap for them. So it, it was kind of just l- filling in the blanks of letting you know everything that happened in this utopian world that, that the evil Tommy has taken over and kind of what happened to the original Rangers and why they're no longer there and it's kind of like Tommy has the ability the evil Tommy has the ability to take the power away from people and give it to other people I want the power because he strips the saber tooth powers away from a girl and gives them to someone else in this issue too so it, it's a pretty good run I mean it's it's if you like the show it still reminds me a lot of the TV show what it's issues around 13 it's a nostalgia factor for me um, that's kind of why I keep reading it because Huge Power Rangers, not as everyone knows. I'm sure you know everyone can't wait to go see the movie next next week. Yeah, I'll be watching that one on the internet. <laughs> but um, I I give this book a seven five out of ten. Mm-hmm. Huh? Interesting stuff. Interesting. So, hear about Nightwing. Nightwing seventeen, Deathwing descends. Pretty cool cover. I like it. So. Where we left off was, um, this begins with Damien, and they're kind of talking about, like, um... Grayson being a daddy? <laughs> like, it, it actually starts out with, uh, Damien talking about him being dead, and fucking, uh, Batman, you know, kind of what we were talking about before, so he's, you know, trying to find him. Yeah. And he's like, it's kind of funny because he's like, Damien's like, I was tied up, dumped into a coffin that smelled like rotten flesh, and I was dressed as a clown. And yet, despite everything, I could say that he would rather have been in there than talking to Dick, to Dick Grayson right now. <laughs> <laughs> so what they're doing is they're flying to where the clue was from the book. There was there was uh, longitude and longitude yeah. coordinates, and so now they're like they're flying to France. Okay. And they're taking a break and they're fighting. 
and you know they're like, they're not fighting fighting but they're there's um arguing no they're 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 like what is it when you fight uh, and you're not like fighting fighting but you're practicing fighting sparring sparring I could fucking think of it to save my life. <laughs> and and so they're bullshitting while they're talking about it. And Damien's still fucking going on and on about, I'm going to be Batman. You're not going to be fucking Batman. You just need it. And, and Nightwing's like, I don't give a shit about being Batman right now. All I care about it's is my baby. Is, yes, my girlfriend is missing and she might be pregnant. And I'm not even sure I even want to be Nightwing. I don't, he doesn't, you know what I mean? I don't care about being Batman right now. Or at all, you know, he's like, I, I'm too. And so then they end up where they end up in France, they end up at the coordinates, and they go into this like church. And they're, you know, Damien does a scan. He's like, Everyone in here is dead. Oh, there's one person without a face. What's this? You know, they're like, Hold on. She can't be dead. They're, you know, Dick Grayson kind of freaks out a little bit. And then out jumps. It says, the face of Dick Grayson, the face of Deathwing, and the dude fucking, and Deathwing jumps out of, like, this coffin. And the first thing he does is he runs right over to Damien, grabs Damien, picks that little fucker up, puts him in a coffin, and nails it shut. (laughs) It's, like, the first thing that he does. And then they kind of battle, they kind of fight, and and Dick is fighting uh, Deathwing, and... Dick's kind of like, he's like, he's, it's, you know, he's, he's like, it's fighting myself. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Except it, it, we do the same moves, except he's not having the same restraint that I am. Yeah. He says, and then, you know, as he's going on, you know, and he's, you know, he doesn't like Damien because he's like, you know, he talks about Batman, you know, being there and. For him and says, and then he made all this, you know, then he made room for you, Damien, you know, as he's locking him in a fucking, in a coffin. He's like, he knows Damien. It's like he has my memories, all my feelings, but what he's ashamed, you know, it's everything that he's ashamed of. It's the rage, it's the anger, it's, that's, that's what Deathwing is. It's not the, you know, it's what... And the way I took it was it's what everybody suppresses about themselves. Uh-huh. And, you know, Dick Grayson has this face that everybody everybody expects to see of him and that, that he has to have. And this Deathwing character has, like, Deathwing's like, when I became Batman, I fell in love with what it did to me. I became in perfect form. He's like, he's my dark side, you know, given very ugly physical form. and that, And that's kind of what's going on. And then fucking Damien's like, oh, I'm stuck in this little fucking spot. He's like, I have no leverage. It's nailed shut. Not enough distance. My fist is too small. He's like, hey, but maybe Dick's right. I got a hard head. So he fucking, <laughs> so he fucking that's how he gets out. Is he fucking hits it with it's his head's all fucking bruised up his forehead and shit. And, uh, and then Damien pops out and kind of, you know, backs back in as uh, he fucking uh, uh, Deathwing like he throws this thing at him and like he gets like the blood Uh and it like puts like Dick Grayson in like this weird trance like he's in like this weird like middle place like his eyes turn black 
and like he goes into this weird like different and then like there's all uh, you could see and he says like he's like I'm at the bottom looking up all around me paths are branching out I can't remember which one of me I am am I the hero am I the villain is this a dream is this a nightmare he's like in this weird state and you can see like all these different versions of like Robin and and Nightwing and, and they're like standing above him and he's like in this weird state and then like uh Deathwing's about to like kill him he's got like this blade out and then fucking this other Robin comes in not while Robin lives and it's like another like doll looking mm-hmm. like weird faced creature it's not like Damien Robin it's, it's it, Dick Grayson Robin but he's it's dressed a, very much like him yes it's a different and it's like the kid version of when he was younger and uh-huh. And then that's when Damien comes out. And probably loses his shit. Huh? And you can see it's like, you know, he's like, you've made a mistake. He says, you're, he says, you, your mistake. Even he said so. And that's just, this is what Deathwing is saying to the, like, the weird. And they look like puppet robins. Like, yeah. their faces are, like, gone. And they're, like, sewn in. And it's like this, like, uh-huh. blank face. And they both have it. And it's like, and, like, they start arguing with each other, which shows that they're, they know each other. They're connected somehow. So while this is going on, why Weird Face Robin and uh, Deathwing are fighting, Damien has run over to Dick and he's like, he's he's shaking Dick. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's he's like trying to snap uh, Nightwing out of this weird trance that he's in, and he's like, you know, he's like. I, you could you could tell you didn't want to go for that metaphor of shaking dick and then just decide to um, just fucking say it. With it anyway. So so Damien's sitting there going, "Remember who you are." He, he says, "Remember who you are, you weak-willed sot. Remember me." He's like, "Remember, I'm Damien. I am the Robin to your Batman. We are the greatest together, Grayson." You know, he's trying to snap him out of it. He's like, "We were, but it's different now, and now you're gone." And as this is going on, like. He says, I need you here, Richard. I need you here. And fucking, it, like, it starts, like, he, like, starts, like, sn- you know, coming out of it. And he's like, Damien? And then, so they team up, and then they start fighting Deathwing. And he's like, put those weapons down, because he's talking to the old Robin. And he's like, we don't need to fight. And then he, like, he said. You know, and they're going back and forth, and he t- and he takes his blank face off, and it's like this weird, sewn on, like Damien face, almost off? like a Damien face. And then uh, he says, "My name is Day Danish. My father's a truck driver." No, no, he goes, and then he's like switches. He goes, "No, my name is Damien Wayne. My father is Batman." So, like, I think what happens is they've taken people and they've like, and I'll show you. I'll tell you who it is in a minute, but they've like inserted these memories and I think they're like fighting these memories of who they really are versus what they've been like injected with and programmed yeah. to be. And it says, then our creator and he's talking, he's like, Robin, you need to help us find Sean. Where is she? What's going on? You know where she's at. Where is she? And then he's like, yeah, our creator saw her, her art and he became enamored with it. He believed she could be great if he could unleash her true potential. And then he's like, he's like her potential. 
the, the copies of Damien and me. It's like, he's like, it's worse than I imagined. I don't know what's going on. And they, and then it goes over and it's Professor Pig. Hmm. He's, he's, he says, it's so nice to work with a fellow artist for once. He says, you've put so much inside. Now I'm going to put, you put so much of what's inside you into your work. Now I'll put what's inside you into me, which I think he wants to get it on with her. Yeah. <laughs> but but he's got her tied up, but and he's got like more of these mannequin weird looking sewn up dolls behind him. So like mm. he must be bought like it was kind of cool. Like where did he get it? Like how did he get to program yeah. Deathwing? How did he insert these uh Damien thoughts into Robin? Like where did he mm-hmm. Like, you know, but he's fighting himself. He's got a different name and he knows he's got a different life. And it's like, you know, I, I would like the next issue to be like uh, kind of steps back and you get to see what is driving all this to this point right here. Well, here's what I was asking you about earlier today when I said I was reading that thing. Uh-huh. It's from Previews Magazine. It says the first stop on Nightwing's international quest brings him to Paris where he must face off against his great great-grandfather to talent known as William Cobb. Yeah. That's, uh, like, nothing like what happened what, in that book. Yeah, and I was showing you. Yeah, that's why I was like, when you said that to me, I was like, I think I might have read a different book. Yeah. Because that was that. But you know what? I could be, I mean. but It, it could end up being that. but It could end up yeah. being that, but that's not the way they lead no. it in this issue. No, not at all. Like, maybe they've given you the synopsis of, of what's going to be going on. Yeah. Like it might be, that's what it might be. But as it is right now, I'm, that's kind of where it's sitting. It doesn't say anything about great, great grandfathers or anything. That's when I was like, I was like, I'm kind of tired of this fucking uh, Talon storyline. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I didn't even know what you were talking about because they weren't, they weren't doing it. So, but I think it's good. I think that was a cool issue. It's introduced a kind of a cool new character. Two of them, I guess, Damien, but the, the, the Deathwing is kind of cool looking. I want to. I'm hoping to get some backstory on him. I'm hoping that one of the few times I'll probably ever say, I hope this is like a flashback. The next issue is a flashback issue, so I can we can kind of see what's leading up to this. Whoa, easy on the flashbacks there, Ken. Lots of flashbacks. Lots of flashbacks. We don't need no more flashbacks. But it was good. It kind of ties in. It's keeping. We need flash forwards, not flashbacks. No flashpoints though. <laughs> um. Keep I gave your flash that, point in your pants. Right. I gave that issue an eight five. Ooh. Because it's it, it was good. It left me hanging. It left me wanting more. And the last few issues have been so good. I'm glad that Seely is finding a groove with Nightwing because he, he for you know, for two dozen issues, I would say it was kind of a rough it was touch and go for a while. So, but it was really good. I enjoyed it. I want to see where it goes. And I hope, I, I want to see more of where, how, how Deathwing was created and why and how and where and when. So I'm, I'm hoping that's what the next issue is. Sounds interesting. I thought so. Uh, you want to do Spider-Man? Let's do it. Spider-Man 14, Sitting in a Tree, Part 5. I can't, dude. I, I'm not a big guy that where I'll, I'll buy the other issues of other runs to read the story of something you know how it's going on you know yeah i don't usually do that a lot because it's taking place across 
Spider-Man and Spider-Gwen. And I really don't really... I like Spider-Gwen right now in this in this story. Uh-huh. And I usually don't buy other issues to, to, to... You know what I mean? I usually just keep reading the one run that I'm run, I'm reading. Yeah. But I'm I'm finding myself buying both issues, so I guess it's working. It's been an interesting storyline so far. Um, to catch you up, what is, is Miles' dimension hopping, looking for his dad. He ends up in Spider-Gwen's dimension. They kind of decide to team up. She tries to team up to help Miles find his dad, and he ends up running into a version of his dad in Spider-Gwen's timeline that turns out to be the Scorpion. And um, Scorpion is sending people through a port. He somehow got his hands on the devices that the Spider-Men were using to dimension hop in on uh, Edge of Spider-Verse. And he's kind of turned it into a dimensional portal. So he's sending thugs to different dimensions to steal and then come back. And that's kind of where the last one left off is they were fighting these guys. And Miles uh, basically attacked this dude and jumped him and they fell into the portal together. So Spider Gwen was chasing after him with her her dimensional wristwatch, and the thing keeps beeping, and she's trying to find Miles, and finally she she pings onto him and finds him, and uh, he's in her dimension with uh, Scorpion, or aka his dad, and uh, their thugs are are shooting guns at Spider at Miles and Spider Gwen. And ends up hitting the portal and destroying it and making it malfunction. It starts sucking everybody in. And um, throughout the story, Miles and her are getting getting sucked through different dimensions. And it's it's kind of cool to see what's happening. Like they end up in uh, Spider Man Noir's dimension, and then they end up getting sucked into um, the Marvel Zombies dimension because you see like the zombie Jessica Jones and mm-hmm. Doctor Octopus and Kingpin and. Um, uh, Goblin and Polaris, and then they start. Oh shit! Look at this. And then they dimension. Then they she jumps into another dimension where she sees a billboard up on like a skyscraper. This is happy anniversary to the amazing Spider-Man and spectacular Spider-Woman on twenty years of Spider Bliss. And it's them in like a tuxedo and gown, like swinging across the city, and um. The whole time Miles, is, it, it's all being told as like Miles telling Genki and Gold Balls a, a story about him. Yep, they're sitting like in their dorm room. Yeah, like making out with Spider Woman, and uh, he he lands and he was like, "This looks like where I left originally." And then um, he's like, "I have no idea." Support, and then he sees what he thinks is a Scorpion, so he attacks him, and his dad's like, "Miles, don't hit me. It really hurts." And it turns out to be his dad. Yep, and that's where this one issue. I mean, I like this. This issue, that's just a quick synopsis of it. I mean, I would say you'd have to read it. If you're a fan of Miles Morales, if you're a fan of the Spider-Man, if you're loving this run, I would definitely say read it. I gave this issue an 8.5. It was a good read. Um, it was fun. It had a lot of good jokes in it. Mm-hmm. A lot of quick wit. Um, and, and like Kyle said, this has been... I'm kind of the same way. I don't normally buy crossover stuff. But this has been the one that I feel like I need both issues for the story and uh i really really enjoy miles morales i really enjoyed this book so i think eight five is a good score yeah for it. you know it was good and somebody's helping spider gwen yeah and 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 they're just and whoever it is got in trouble which i don't remember anyone talking to their through mm-hmm. that 
so they're they're sending dings to help her because they actually can't talk. Yeah, that was one of the funny part where she was like, "Send one ding if you um if you got in trouble, or you know one ding if you got in trouble for for talking to us." And it's like ding. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, man." Yeah, right. You know? So now, she's like apologizing to it and stuff. And no, it's 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 good. Bendis is he's a great writer. He's probably he one of my favorite Marvel writers. He is a very good Marvel writer. So I, I'm I'm glad he's doing it. I like the art to it. I like Pacelli's art. So it's good. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy fucking Spider Gwen. So now I have more fucking Spider Gwen than I've ever wanted in my life. Uh, there's only <laughs> there's only one. <laughs> Did issue you just of look it. at the thing I sent you? Yes. There's only one issue of it left. So yeah, the next issue of Spider Gwen ends the the story. So. We'll see, but I give. What'd you give it? I gave it a five. I give. I give it the same. All right, now now here's the hard one. <sighs> Super Sons or Batman? They're both really good. They're both really really good. You know what? Let's close out with Batman. All right, let's do it. Let's just do that. So we're gonna have to go with Super Sons. We'll go with Super Sons. If you're not reading Super Sons, you guys are crazy. Yeah, I was very skeptical of this book at first, and I was like, you know. That book's going to be stupid. It's going to be... I knew it was going to be good. It, it, I just didn't see it. But after the reading the first issue, I was like, all right. And now after reading issue two, I'm I'm pretty hooked on it. Yeah, because um, you thought it was going to be more driven towards kids. More, yeah. But it's... I mean, it kind of is, but at the same time, it's not. And you know what, man? Damien, for all the books that Damien's in, he's stealing the show and everything he's in. Yes, he is. Like, he's... Damien is an awesome character and i think that's what's making a lot of you know super sons teen titans even nightwing he's he's i think since damien has come in it's i think it's even bumped up uh nightwing a notch he is a cocky self-conceited arrogant little fuck yeah and it's awesome but he's got the fucking everything to back it up yes he does and that's what makes it fucking i think that's what makes damien fucking kick ass so it opens up with the prologue. The, it opens up with a, a family who is affected by the Amazo virus that temporarily gives people superpowers and it has a different effect on people, um, on different people in this entire family. Some people lose their powers. Some people keep them. This entire family kept their powers. Well, well they had gotten something that, that cured most people. Yeah. And it's like this kid has split himself into three people and he's playing hide or seek with his family. And it turns out that he ends up like killing all of his family, and then it <clears throat> it cuts back to where the last issue left off with Superboy and Damien hanging outside of the window at LexCorp, and just kind of the the interaction that takes place between Damien and Lex Luthor is is pretty is pretty funny, um, like. I thought this was really funny. He's looking at Damien's looking at, at Lex Luthor and he says all that power and you still can't cure rampant Appalachia super, uh, super Lex or alopecia super Lex, like talking about his complexion and shit. Yeah. And he's just like busting his balls. And then super Lex is like, who are you guys? And he ends up throwing Superboy off the building and Damien's like, FYI, he can't fly. So super Lex goes after him. To try and grab him. And so Damien, well, the whole time he did this, he's doing it as a diversion to infiltrate Lex's lab. And um, Superboy's trying to run away. And as he's infiltrating his lab, 
he finally like Superboy gets caught up by Lex, and Lex is like, um, he's like, um, what he's like, um, we're fans. We broke out of our what? He's like, we're fans. We broke out of Saint Mary's orphanage to meet the greatest hero of all, the man who made himself the Superman of Metropolis. And Lex is like, oh, really? He's like, then why is your friend currently planting explosives in my labs, huh? And then they go back, um, and and you see Damien there setting up bombs. Uh, and Lex finds it, and he's like, yep, yeah, see, it was too easy. I found the, the bomb, and he destroys it. And uh, and Damien's like, I give you the count of five. And Lex is like, and why is that? And he's like, to find the other 11 bombs that he planted. And they take off. And so they, they got this information from the supercomputer on this this inhuman, or not inhuman, I should say, um, metahuman. And they're trying to d- decipher it to figure out who the kid is. So they're like, man, it's going to take forever to go through the the back computer's facial recognition software and all this. And kind of Superboy's like, what, like looking at it. And he ends up clicking a button and running it through Teen Titans software. And it ends up pinpointing who the kid is and finding footage of him. So they use the back computer to find out who he is. And uh, him and Robin take off to go to go after him to see what's going on. And they get into this lab where they kind of find like this stage setting with the, the family house. And they find four bodies, um, but five seats. And so they, like, Superboy ends up running off and... And stuff, and he ends up finding a little girl in the wood, like the the sister in the yep. woods, and it kind of the final panel is is Damien reading these documents and Superman standing behind him, like all shattered out with heat vision about to go off, and then the next one is Superboy in the woods talking to this girl, and Batman's in the tree. So and the next one's called the Parent Trap. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Damien and Superboy are about to get themselves a super powered spanking. Yes, they are. Yeah, it. Yeah, this book. It was just a quick review of it. It, you know, it's the wit in this book. The how much of an asshole Damien is, you know, you got that that kind-hearted go, boy scout want to try to do the right thing to live up to your dad's image with the, with and, a, with a cocky future Batman. Yeah, you know, you you want to live up to your dad's expectations and walk in his footsteps and one day correctly carry on his, you know, when he passes the mantle to you carry on his legacy and you got Damien who just doesn't fucking care he's like my legacy is gonna be my legacy it has nothing to do with who my dad is and he's just a cocky asshole so he's he's pretty much baiting Superboy into everything that they're doing and at one point Superboy is like you know why don't you get your ad- why don't you uh, ask the Teen Titans for help you know Damien's like I work alone and he's like why am I here then he's like because I need a company he's like well why don't you get the Teen Titans to help you <laughs> you know and um, he uh at one point, he ends up asking Damien why Damien doesn't invite him to the Teen Titans. Or, no, he's like, you owe me for this. And uh, he's like, why don't you invite me to the Teen Titans? And Damien's like, because it's in the name, chump, teen. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, their chemistry's so good, and they go back and forth. And, you know, um, Superboy's like, I told my dad that training with you and your dad was a bad idea. Yeah. And it's just, it's a fun book. It's a fun read to see the next generation of, of, you know, superheroes kind of coming together. And it's a nice, 
it's a nice change of pace to see Damien, you know, he's still with the Teen Titans, but out doing his own thing too. Yep. So it's it's a Damien's nice change. Damien's a busy of pace. guy. He is, he is a very busy guy, apparently. But I really enjoy this book. I give this book a 9 out of 10. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. I, I'll i give it a 9 as well because, I mean, I really enjoyed it. And, I, and I'm and i so glad, too, because usually when you – because I was really looking forward to it. Remember, I was talking about it for a while yeah. before it came out. Like, And usually when you build – when I build something up like that in my head, it usually goes – and fucking <laughs> falls flat and yeah. fucking – Burns in a ring of fire, you know, and so good book though, good book. Real I'm, gl- good. I'm glad it ended up being really good. So now we're on to Batman 19. Oh shit! Oh shit! Batman 19. Just like we were, we went on and on, and we we kissed Tom King's butt enough. This issue, in a nutshell, is you know remember a few issues back when. Batman was fighting his way to Bane. He had to fight through all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. That's what this one pretty much did, except it's Bane. Bane was pretty much fighting through all the villains. He starts with Two Face, and he just and he just goes off, and it just he went from Two Face, and it just fucking he drew, he fucking beat his ass. Yes, he did. That was probably the worst out of all of them. And then Sol- then he comes to Solomon, Solomon Grundy. What is this one? I- I'm so bad with this one. Amigalda? Amigaldala? Which one? Right there. Amy Gadala. Um, um, I can uh, never pronounce that. Let me look word. at it real quick. But I like right there where Bane's like, oh, these two motherfuckers. I'm just going to have to click this button and juice the fuck up. But it, it's, it's... Yeah, Amigaldala. Uh, yeah. Amigadala. And he pretty much, they're like, and you know, when he comes up to them, they're like, he's like, I, you know, Bane's like, I am torment. I am ruin. I am plague. I am venom. As he's pumping himself up with juice, I am Bane. And he's fucking roided the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get this fucking look of terror on their face. Oh, it's Amagdala. Amagdala. That's it. Amagdala. That's it. And it says, you stand between myself and the bat. And so you will stand no more. And they're like, oh, shit. You know. And then it, and then it's, it's the scarecrow. And he's sitting there and Bane's just beating on the door. You know what I mean? He's just waiting. And he sprays him with a fucking, you know, one of his uh, cocktails. Fear toxin. And uh, he, I think it's funny that Bane makes it think that he fucking, that it was kicking in. And then he's like... You know, he, he thinks it's kicking in. He's like, you know, Scarecrow's like, maybe you could describe, you know, what's going on. He's like, can you feel them? Can you see them? Can you hear them? Maybe that's what it's maybe if you wanted. Maybe you could describe it to me. And he says like, and he's like, yeah, you see what it is? You are falling. You are being eaten. Is it cancer? Oh, is the water rising again? And fucking Bane's like, I am Bane. Blah, fucks him up. <laughs> He's like, I am Bane. I don't have nightmares. I give nightmares. And he fucking, you know. And then fucking Batman all fucked up. And that's where it switches over to. And then they're, you know. Uh, see, I think that's a dependent part of the book, though, is that the whole talk that Alfred and Batman have. And he's just like, you know, he's telling Bruce to run. He's like, 
just run. Just run. Take the girl and run. Yeah, use the bat phone. Call the bloody Justice League. And he's yeah. like, I tried that. Remember? Didn't solve anything. You know, he's like, take the girl and run. He's like, he killed Gotham. He broke Gotham Girl. He shot Selena. He hanged the boys. He hanged my son from a rock in a cave. You know, and he's still like, I'm not running. And Al- yeah, Alfred's like, this is just madness. And and I thought that was kind of a powerful moment in the book when Bruce is like, look around, Alfred. Look where we are. After all we've gone through, look where we've ended up. Did you expect anything less? Because they're in Arkham Asylum. Yeah. So like, I thought that was kind of a, a cool part of the book where he's like, what did you expect from this? Like, what did you think this outcome was going to be? And then, it, and then it flashes over to where Bane is frozen by Mr. Freeze. And he thinks, you know, Mr. Freeze is like, this is, per- it's, it's a perfect human injection with the highest possible doses of venom. Couldn't hope to emerge anything from over 50,000 cubic pounds. So you see, escape is quite, and then fucking Bane's all fucking juiced up. So he just breaks right out of it. And I like how it's going through the time. Too. Yeah, like it started out the time of when day it, when it's uh when he starts with uh with Maxi Zeus it's midnight it's twelve a.m. Yep. When he's at at Two Face is twelve thirty seven. Um, when he's at when he's with uh, Solomon Grundy it's uh one twenty four a.m. And then it's six thirteen a.m. at freeze. And then Scarecrow. Is is three oh seven a.m. So he's just he's just fighting his way through, and it's just you know because I mean it's been six hours so far, all the way up to Mister Freeze, right? Yep. Yep. Six thirteen. It's been six hours, and then they and then it's Firefly. So I mean, what Bane's doing is pretty much just fighting through everybody. It's it's Firefly, and then it's Black Spider. Flamingo, Man Bat, which I wish Man Bat would have been a little bit longer. Zazu's, Mad Hatter, fucking Hush, Copperhead. I mean, he's just, and now we're, it's almost been 24 straight hours. Yeah. Because when he's fighting Copperhead, it's 10.39 p.m. So it's been almost, uh, it's been almost 24 hours. So then he gets the calendar, man, and it's, it's, I mean, it's 11.15, so he's 45 minutes away from it being 24 straight hours of fucking battling. I mean, and just like, I, this is probably, this was probably my favorite part of this book. So Calendar Man's sitting there talking to him. He says, there is no progress. Another year, another year. Yesterday becomes today as quick as today becomes yesterday. You will never stop and neither shall the Batman, you know, and he... He symbols being shot in the head. Finger guns himself. And then he goes, tune in. And then Bane fucking stomps him down pretty much. And he goes, tune in tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah, nice. Walking away. Yeah, nice homage to the original Batman series. And then he gets all, and then he gets up to the Riddler. And it's 1152. It's been pretty much 24 hours. And the Riddler's like, you know, Bane's like, open it. And then, you know, the Riddler's the Riddler. When is a door not a door? He's like, you have 30 seconds. Then I break you and fetch Puzzler. And he's like, ooh, what fun. (laughs) So like, you know, the Riddler's like enjoying it. He says, you know, he pretty much picks the lock. Says, you got 20 seconds. He's like, I only need 11. And then he gives him his, you know, a horse is tied. 
to a rope 10 feet long, yet he drinks from a lake 15 feet away from the fence. How is this possible? And he opens up the gate, or he opens up the, the, the door, and no one bothered to tie the fence, the rope to the fence. Say hello to Batman for me. Like, he was the one that was most... He's the only one that didn't get his ass whooped. Yeah, because he was helping. Yeah. Tell him I still remember our war of jokes and riddles. And then Bane walks in, and it's fucking... It's midnight. It's been 24 hours. Yep. And he finally... He fought his way all the way to Batman. Batman looks jacked in that final... Fuck yeah, he does. He looks (laughs) like he's fucking... He's got some juice running through. Yeah, it looks like he's on Venom. But I mean, and it's pretty much it's it's midnight, and they're they're pretty much they banter back and forth, and I mean they're about to fucking they're about to go after it. I mean, it's, the next issue is called "It All Ends." The clock hits midnight, <laughs> and they're both balling up fists, ready to throw down. And that's the end of it. I mean, ten. 10, 10, 10. It was awesome. I mean, just the way he just, for 24 straight hours, Bane is just fucking fighting through everybody. I thought that was cool. I, you know, I, I liked, you know, that's probably the third time I've said this in this podcast, though, is I liked that Batman had to fight through everybody to get Bane. Yeah. And now Bane had to fight through everybody to get to Batman. I I, I like that the Tom King has reversed the roles and... Bane had to fight his way to where Batman was just waiting for him. Bet you do like Roy role reversal. You oh naughty yeah. Boy. Oh. So no, it was. Boy. It was. Batman's fucking killing it. It's very End good. End story. It's good. It's a very good issue. I hope he could keep the momentum up. Like after this Bane, like what's he gonna write after Bane? Yeah. Like what's he gonna do to to? Because he he's built it up so tall. I'm scared, you know, there's only, once you get to the top, there's only one way. Well, we know that the story arc after the Bane is going to be the the button with the Flash crossover. So, well, oh, who wonders how many issues that's going to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I ordered my 3D cover. Yeah. Your D3 cover. My D3. D3! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's it for comic book reviews this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys found some... Uh, Stuff that you found interesting at your local comic book shops. Um, if there's something you're reading that we're not, let us know. You think we should be reviewing? Let us know and send us a free copy, and we'll review it. We'll see about maybe getting it's it on fine. the show. Um, if you're an independent comic creator, reach out to us. Let us know what you're doing. Um, let us see a copy of your book, and maybe we can set you up with an interview, review it, and in an interview like I we like, did with our. I like to interview our good friends over there at. Uh, um, yeah, that's how good friends yeah, are. Yeah, that's how great friends are. Ray Gun. <laughs> yes. Oh, can't wait for the next issue whenever that comes out. Gotta gotta reach out to him. And I thought he was supposed to come join us one Yeah, I know. I just I never got around to inviting him. And I apologize Whoa. for that. I apologize. We'll have to do that. Um hopefully we'll get him on again soon once he uh he gets in his next issue of Ray Gun out. But uh that'll do it for this week's show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed yourself. A lot of oh, good dis- I did. a lot of good discussions this week. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you guys have a topic or a question that you want to ask us and hear if it's discussed on the show, call the line, email us. Yeah. Call the line, email us, message us, hit us up on, on Facebook, um, Twitter, you know, you can do it individually like you have been or through the group, whatever, however you feel like doing it. Um, 
So yeah, so for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Kyle. So remember to support your local comic shop. Okay, Kyle. Remember to support your local comic shop. And keep your comments bagged and boarded. And we will see you next time. 